When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to episode 41 of FPL Black Box. I'm afraid I'm full of cold, so normally it's me carrying you, Mark. I'm afraid you're going to have to do a bit of work this time out. I know, it's liberties you, you take. You don't sound that bad, actually. When you warned me earlier, I was expecting horrific, you know, like 10.45 to Nottingham, that mm. kind of thing. But no, you were okay. You don't sound too bad, honestly. Uh, I've got, got my, got my book, box of tissue, tissues. I'm, get, I'm getting through them. Yeah, I just feel a bit, you know, I, I didn't get COVID from Fest, which is good, but I have picked up some bug it yeah seems. well so. you didn't exactly take it easy did you <laughs> let's face it uh no i didn't no. and yeah well actually before we start i just want to say thanks to everyone for fest fest was like honestly it was it was brilliant i absolutely loved it and all the messages like all the people coming up to mark and i like you know the nice things to say about black box and all the people that bought me drinks and delia bought us biscuits and yeah you know, amazing re- really felt really felt the love so thank you everyone who was there although it did end up with me getting on the wrong train and a hundred pound taxi home. So thanks for that. Less, there there you go. That was an expense you didn't see, did you? But you, you should have really anticipated something like that, really, shouldn't you? Yeah, I maintain it. I maintain it wasn't my fault. The train turned up Don't at the right time. Thank you. It just went the wrong way. <laughs> um, it was overwhelming, wasn't it, the whole evening? Because there were so many people there who watched Black Box and enjoyed it and gave us feedback on the night. And it was just, yeah, it was just incredible. And not just people from Twitter as well. There's a lot of people there who came on their own, didn't have a Twitter account. And and that was what was great as well. It was people beyond the kind of the circle on Twitter that mm. we communicate with. Um, so it was really good to just meet well, it everybody. Well, was, it was exactly what like you kind of thought it would be. You know, I, I know you know people say like, oh, why can't we just go to a pub? But like it was 250 plus people in a venue that wouldn't have been able to happen mm. in a pub. And what my I think my, one of my favourite bits was quite early on. I went into like the main room and there was about six or seven people sat on their own. So I went into like the bar area and I grabbed a few people. I was like, right, you know, some people sitting on their own. Let's go and mingle with them and make them feel, you know, um, part of it. I went back, we're back into the room and they literally all joined up and we're just all yeah. chatting together. 
So like within five minutes, all the people that were on their own were suddenly chatting and that's what I liked so much about it. There was just such a good atmosphere there and everyone was getting and on. The and deadline happy. countdown was great as well. It wasn't was. It? It's like New Year's. <laughs> yeah, and, and James and Kelly did the great. Yeah, I mean, it's the, that's the launch party. We'll see where it goes from here. Hopefully it grows. I think everyone was really positive about it. So hopefully we'll see many of you um, at the next one um, because it was great to meet up with some of the mm. people who listen to and watch what we do. Tonight then, tonight is a big one. Obviously the season has started. Woo. I mean, how, how are you feeling one week in, Az? I mean, we'll look at your team and the specifics in a minute. But, you know, it's good to get it underway, isn't it? It is very good to get underway. And I've never known a week like it where just everyone's quite happy and everyone's sort of, the template just worked and everyone's got like nearly 100 points and everyone's feeling quite yeah. positive. I mean, it's not going to end, it's not going to stay like that. It's all going to go, it's all going to go tits up pretty soon, I imagine. But for now, it's it's quite nice. I was a grumpy template hater. You, though, you're, you are so grumpy. Yeah. Well, it's like everyone's going, whoa, woo, it's a great game week. And I'm like, yeah, we've all got great scores. We've all got great scores. And it's like, it's just the fact that Bruno and Salah delivered like they did just really underlined something that I dislike Sorry, could, about the game. Just say that first bit again. What, Bruno? Bruno yeah, we'll get on to Bruno in a minute. We'll get on to him. He's the poster <laughs> boy of this episode. And yes, I got him. And yes, I backed down. And yes, it was the right call. But it was kind of depressing that, for me personally, someone who doesn't like, I think the template, is a weakness in the game. And for it to be week one, bosh, straight in with yeah. the biggest, most, you know, obviously the, all the heavy hitters delivered. Some of the players that we picked out delivered, Ben Rama and so on, Yotta. So there were big scores, but it isn't necessarily a great thing because we, you know, everyone in the community did really well. But we want some different players scoring points, not mm. players that we always anticipate. We want it to be challenging, don't we, as well? But of course, three figures on the ball for a lot of people. You got narked, didn't you? And Andy went on Twitter and said, oh, of course, like everybody else, I've got three figures. You were quickly onto that, weren't you? I was, yeah. Well, I, I got a, a, a paltry 95. Mm. So, you know, it was, was nowhere near the, the heady heights of 100. No. I, I'm, I agree with you. It is, it is somewhat boring, but I'm, I'm just looking at it as a nice base. Yeah. Right. It's the first season I think I've ever had where I've got like a nice base to build on and getting off the template players at the right time is going to be crucial. We're going to see some fixture swings in game week four and game week seven. It's not going to stay boring like this forever. So I'm looking at it positively. I'm not, I'm not saying it's boring. It's just, you know, if it's going it to be another, another season of just get Salah and Bruno and Son mm. or one of the others and that's it. And then it's just shuffle some 6 million and 4.5 defenders. That's going to be a rubbish season. So, I don't think it will be that, though, because it's all going to turn on its head mm. when Lukaku and Kane sort themselves out. And and I think more players are, come, are going to come forward and then we'll have decisions to make. So, yeah. Tonight, though, uh, we're going to look at our game weeks, obviously. We're going to look um, specifically at some of the data from game week one. I mean, how much can you glean from game week one data? But we'll have a look. We'll dip into it and see what our thoughts are. We're going to look at our watch list. We're going to bring that feature back and just look mm. at some of the players that are on our minds going forward. And then, really, the deep dive is going to be into... Um, into Salah and, and uh, a certain Bruno for the Game Week 2 captaincy. I've got a lot of data on that. We're going to rinse that thoroughly. And I think you're on Bruno, right? Yeah, I was going to say, we're on, we're on different captains. All right, we'll see if we can't change your mind. Yeah. We've got the predictions also, and also news of an international break disruption possibly coming our way in Game Weeks 4 and 5 and then later in 7 and 8. So more on that in a bit. But how it's Pig, right? We haven't done Pig for a while. It's about time. Pig, Pig, Pig. It's pig. about time we let... Mr. Pig, introduce, well, look back at, at game week one for us. And here he is. Over a hundred drafts, a thousand I created. So 
stuff from at pig underscore FPL FPL pig of course what do you think as I think that was aimed almost solely at you had you gone without <laughs> Fernandez. <laughs> well I tell, I tell you what I, I was at the wedding I called it was famously um, I didn't get to, to use Andy Mack's house because we couldn't go on the Saturdays we ended up uh, on the Friday we ended up driving down on Saturday morning so I had to leave Fest as sober as I could I got home about one forty. Got up at 10 to 8 and drove the next day for a couple of hours. It was all right, though. I was totally... I wasn't hungover at all, which was good. Um, but um, at the wedding, when the goals started going in for Bruno, I mean, I I actually felt sick because I was thinking <laughs> about how I would have felt if I hadn't have got Bruno. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, it's, you know, I could I could put myself in that situation. I'm like, God, I'm like, if I was here without Bruno and a hat-trick went in, yeah, it would have been... Luckily, like, you're all fart, no poo. Yeah, so, l- luckily, I mean, all the other options kind of fell away and it meant that I had to go Bruno. I didn't have much choice, I didn't think. I mean, it was to build a case against him is difficult enough. You've got to get you've got to have some really strong options available that convince you. And I in the end I didn't. But having said that, right, if you went if you went Son instead of Bruno and you and the extra mm-hmm. money you went Tony uh, Ings instead of Tony, um, or Wilson instead of Tony, you 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 only missed out by a few points because not many, I mean, not many in the our circle captained him. Right, most went with Salah. And the other thing is, I mean, if you didn't have Bruno and you did miss out badly, it you've got to say it's unlucky. I mean, there's some facts here I'm going to roll out about Bruno in the past. Yeah. And when you look at that, it's incredible. Like for him to get a hat trick day one. I mean, that's his biggest... 20 points is his biggest ever FBL score, first of all. He's got 19 before, never 20. Um, it's his first hat-trick then. In 51 appearances, he's only scored more than one goal in a single game on three occasions before that, right? So he's only ever got three braces in 51 appearances. And he last scored more than one goal in a Premier League game 24 appearances ago, right? <laughs> before that hat-trick. So... Mm. Let that sink in. Like he hadn't got a brace. Well, the last brace was against in, against Leeds in game week twelve last season, and he's only, he only scored one goal from open play in his last thirteen. Before yeah, I, th- I think he just had a point to prove. Like in front of the home fans, he was just like, "I'm gonna show them," you know. Because I mean, the Euros were so disappointing for him. Yeah. End of last season must have been pretty disappointing. And just think, there's 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 a good vibe around United at the moment, and he want he just wants to you know maintain that he's the main. The main guy. Yeah, and, and what was interesting as well, the role that him and Greenwood kind of played. I mean, Greenwood was hardy in the box. We're going to see later. Um, mm. He got his goal, but he was kind of alternating with Bruno, letting Bruno run ahead of him a lot. Um, and it, So that was quite interesting in a way. I mean, obviously, it was a very much a carbon copy of the game last season when McTominay yeah. 
got the goals, right? Bruno just switched in for McTominay and did the same kind of thing. Just ran. Well, they're having, they're having so much joy through the middle because Leeds were, mm. were giving up so many chances. They were really, really poor defensively and, and through the middle. And yeah, I think you know they just they just couldn't handle with with Greenwood and and Pogba particularly and and oh, Fernandez. Pogba was, was amazing. They were just all all three of them were just yeah. And then you add, you're adding Sancho to that as well. He looked good when he came on. Yeah. Again, picking up the ball in central areas as well. It was clearly a, a tactic they had against them. It worked brilliantly. Yeah, and and I just think that it's funny, isn't it? Because when, when we look at things like, oh, well, last season the result was this, or or over the last four games against this opponent, they've done this. A lot of, lot of times you go, oh, that doesn't matter. It's a totally mm. new game now. But actually, this was just the same as last season again. The same, the same tactics for United work, and the same flaws in Leeds' gameplay were there again. Yeah. And it's like, it's strange, isn't it? How you think... Surely they would have approached this thinking, well, we're not going to get caught out like this again. But yeah. no Phillips, I guess, didn't help, right? Well, they did, they, exactly. They, did, they haven't improved. And, you know, they had the, one of the best players out. And United have strengthened. So it's only kind of going to be one result when you've already got battered by them, I guess. Absolutely. I just want to say, uh, I've got the comments down in front of me. And Vader is dead is in the, in the chat. I mean, if you remember, Vader is dead was in the backstage Q&A. And he said, what about Marcus Alonso? And I quickly dismissed it. And he's just saying here, he's just given us £4.49. Thanks very, very much, Radio Stead. Yeah, in order for me to notice that he said, I, I'm, thank goodness I didn't listen to you about Alonso. No, thank goodness you shouldn't. And it is a lesson learned, right? I think Alonso was there for me and, and a few people weren't got on him. It's a, it do you know, do you know who had him? One Some, no, go a big on. name had him. Go on. Granville. Did he? Yeah. Right. He showed me his team before before Fest, and I was mm. like Alonso. He was like, "Yeah, just fancy uh, game week one." I I normally do it right if there's a if there's a window to go Alonso, even short term, I normally do it. And I spoke about the opportunities in game week one and why I went Torres, Mares, Ben Rama, and so on. And really, I should have looked at Alonso at five five as well. I don't I don't know how I missed that because I normally would. Maybe I just felt it's one risk too far. But well played. Well, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, at least with Ben Rama, you had the, the potential for more games if he played well. Like Alonso yeah. is. He's going to annoy you every week if you keep him. I yeah, think yeah. You have to get rid of him, surely, straight away. It's booking in transfers, isn't it? I, mm. I already have that with the City pair. Anyway, let's look at your game week in a bit of detail. Um, 95 points then, uh, Mr. Az. Do you want to mm-hmm. talk us through the team for those listening on the podcast? Yep, I will do. I'm just waiting for my stream to refresh. I'm a little bit behind for some reason today. You're laggy. It's the cold. It's the cold, right? <laughs> yeah. It's affecting your internet connection. Uh, yeah, Sanchez in goal uh, with two points. I immediately regret having him <laughs> yeah and I've been on streams all week and you know I still maintain that it was definite foul on, on Mope and it shouldn't have stood but at the same time Burnley could have gone into that 4-0 up at half time because Brighton were absolutely terrible but changed things around uh, I think he went back to a back three with, with wing backs again a bit more familiar and, and you know sorted things out so yeah I, I don't know about Sanchez I'm, I'm just not convinced we're going to be that good defensively or that he's going to make loads of saves and so he's immediately, I'm just thinking, I should have maybe gone with Raya, who I know got eight, but at least he's going to make saves. And we've talked about him on, on the pod before. So I'm thinking he might be a bit of a snake. Elsewhere, Trent, Sufal, Simakas. How Sufal didn't get an assist? I have no idea. Antonio but hit the bar, didn't he, from six yards out? Unbelievable. I mean, yeah. And that would have been a nice little, you know, because I've basically got, it's basically Sufal v. Shaw for me every week. Uh, so... Sure, you know, conceding to an eiling outside the box screamer was nice. And if Sufal got the assist, it would have been better. Salah captain, Fernandez, Grealish, played all right, but didn't really, couldn't really get anything. I mean, just did what he always does, makes loads of, gets loads of fouls and, you know, makes this happen. I'm, I'm quietly confident keeping him for Norwich. So 
And Barnes, I think, well, thought was unlucky to not get anything in that game too. And then Ings, Antonio and Tony. So yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty template apart from Grealish and Barnes and no Shaw, but pretty happy going forward. I don't know if Barnes was unlucky. He had one shot. He no, didn't he didn't create he, a single chance. Okay. okay. Uh, unlucky. Leicester were poor, I un- Unlucky, maybe not the right word. He should have done, he should have done better. He had, he had a couple of chances where he could have squared it for, in, for better balls into Vardy and he right. made the wrong decision. Um, and the shot he had, I thought, was, was decent. So I think he, he, he was unlucky not to get anything, but yeah, he's got to improve. And a sub that's 70 yeah, I mean, to be fair, moment. Leicester didn't, didn't, play well I mean I looked at the data before we came on and Leicester were right down there in terms of XGI and mm. um, it was played well but Wolves played well yeah exactly they weren't the whipping boys you anticipated were they um, and Ings Ing, you were fortunate with Ings getting that last penalty I mean he was poor as well I think he only had one I, shot and that was the penalty I honestly thought the match had ended I honestly thought I was, I was watching I was like oh okay blank for Ings and then it just flashes up nightly plus seven Danny Ings I was like what <laughs> well that match ended about ten minutes ago very fortunate with yeah, that I think and bit. when it was a penalty and we didn't we didn't I, I don't think we detected the I think I was wrong I was cynical about the officials and thought that they'd get it all wrong it'd be all muddled because they weren't clear on what they were doing and how they were interpreting the the new threshold on contact but actually for that it was it was superb I think game week one I think the football was uh, you could just the fact the players could challenge each other without pulling back and feeling that the whistle was going to blow. It was more free-flowing. Um, and so we didn't see any dodgy decisions apart from, I think, maybe the Tarkovsky maybe. push on Mayo Pay. Maybe. What more have you got to do to foul someone? He was two-handed, wasn't it? Literally two-handed, shove him over in the yeah, pot. Yeah, he was Ridiculous. blocking him, but... I have to say though, it was we, you know, we, we, we've been... I mean, I doubt they care that we've been critical about the referees and the Premier League, but we have been. Mm. And I thought it was excellent. Yeah. It, and 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 I think the, the biggest one was was just Bruno's goal. Like they looked they looked at it, and you know last season they would have magnified it, scrutinised yeah. it, three minutes, blah blah blah. They looked at it, and went, yeah, we don't really know. We'll just we'll just give them the goal. Yeah, and they would have been cruel be. to write that. I mean, oh, when you God, score a goal so like that, you don't want the forensics to rule it out. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, it's yeah. completely. It's great. Ridiculous. It's great. It's great. We're going to see that. Hopefully, we're going to get more goals as a result of that, right? But certainly, the football as a spectacle is better, right? You're not always anticipating every 30 seconds the whistle to blow which is what we had a lot last season um, let's talk about Grealish a little bit because you know I watched that game uh, and I was very interested in the role that he played he didn't mm. play out on the left wide left as you anticipated it was Sterling out there yep. but he more or less up. was out there with Sterling um, what's interesting there as well is like I'm looking at the team this, this week and anticipating what or trying to anticipate what Pep's going to do um, and thinking well could Walker come in and can Shellow go over to the left-hand side. And I don't know how Cancelo would work with Grealish in front of him because they'd both be doing the same thing. Cancelo likes to push into the midfield and push right up with the left winger. That's exactly what Grealish was doing, wasn't he? He was, he was mm. more or less on the left-hand side for most of it. So I don't know if Cancelo can slot on the left anymore. I think he'd have to play right all the time. So that'd be interesting to see. But I mean, generally Grealish, do you, I still think he could be the assist, the assister rather than direct returns from what I saw. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, he's that kind of deeper lying role meant that he was, he, when he was moving to the box, he was quickly kind of closed down and then he was happy to kind of give it off to the, to the players. Yeah. But I mean, he had a couple of moments where he looked quite dangerous when he was, mostly from when he was coming in off the left and sort of getting into the penalty area, making some passes. I've had a decent shot. I thought he was going to score that. I was, I was pretty excited, uh, but he didn't. I mean, it's, it's, it's early days for him. I mean, he, he's, he is the big gamble with my team, I think. Like, you know, when you've got a player like that moving to a new system, especially one like Pep's, which is so, 
you know, you've got to be so on your game and, and you've got to know exactly what you're doing and everyone around you and stuff. And it's, yeah, it's very early days for him. I saw enough not to be panicked, yeah. but I want to see more from him against Norwich. Yeah, no, absolutely. You've got to keep him. You've got to keep him. He'll start yeah. against Norwich and, and, and who knows what you get. Right, let's have a quick look at my team. Um, 100 points, so only five more. Um, so it's Sanchez, Trent, Simicas, Shaw. Uh, and then we get into the uh, the bigger risks. I had Torres, Fernandez, Mares, Salah, Ben Ramu, who came in for me, Tony and Antonio. So the West Ham duo did the business for me at Newcastle. Um, I have to say, fair play on Ben Rama. Yeah, well, we, we saw it pretty convinced. Yeah, we, and I think what was interesting as well, Antonio was coming deep quite a lot or drifting out to, to the left, I think it was. And Ben Rama was filling in central quite a lot. A lot of what we saw Lingard mm. doing in bits and pieces last season. So, I mean, he was excellent, um, Ben Rama. He was pretty much playing as a 10, off. wasn't he? Yeah. Rama, oh, time. yeah, yeah, absolutely. He wasn't really mm. wide, was he? Um, so... I think it was it was bowing out on the right hand side, and and Ben Rama was meant to be lying out on the left, but it wasn't the case. And that meant I, I did think Creswell got forward a lot more than Soufal, and I think Creswell did look that 0.5 better. I think on the day, I've got to say, uh, I knew he would. I, I I think I said I, if I was going for a five-five defender, it would be I would have picked him, and then he scored. It's yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that that's that's why that's why you know we keep saying it. That's why these prices give you a decision because I think mm-hmm. we know that Creswell is worth the five-five, but it's just what you can do with that. Point five, yeah. Um, but Sufa was unlucky. He was unlucky to come away from that. Yeah, he, he was. He was. And and I think it's just interesting that with Ben Rama tucking in, it gives Creswell the license to get four yeah. when they play a four. Um, so, right, okay. Let's get on to the subject of Torres and Mares. Um, just before, sorry, yeah, just before you do, just a shout out to the apprentices. I'm going to uh, look at their teams at the end. Oh, are we? Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. It's all, all going to come sorry. at the end. Um, Torres and Mares didn't didn't work out for me. In week one, I was gambling on one of them returning to book their place in the team against Norwich. And now I'm faced with this game week two dilemma. But I don't think it is a dilemma. I've got to keep them and hope I get yeah, a start yeah. from one or both, right? Um, but City were poor, weren't they? Yeah. So, sorry, Mara's disappointed today. It's, um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not, I mean, I could, have an- at all. <laughs> I could have anticipated that. We know in one of these next three or four games, he's going to get a big score. And it's just whether or not I can... It'll be Arsenal when everyone yeah. sold him. That's, that's, that's I'm sure yeah. it will be. I'm sure it benched against Norwich and, you know, brace against Arsenal. That's my prediction. I don't think he will be. I think Marvis is the one who's going to play. I think probably Torres is most likely to make way. Interestingly, it broke as we came on online tonight. Gundogan appears to be back in training and, and training as normal. So <laughs> if that is the case, then KDB could then take the false nine and Torres will drop out. Um, and then Mares, you know, or Torres could move out to the to the left and Mares dropped um, to the right. Mm. So, um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to get, but we'll talk about that at the end anyway. Uh, Tony, both got Tony. What did you think? I mean, we were in a haze of alcohol at the time, but <laughs> what did you make of him? Well, having, having seen the highlights, uh, I thought he was, I thought he was brilliant. It was just a, it was just a proper, he just, he just a proper job, didn't he? On, on, on the Arsenal defence. They just said to him, bully him as much as you can. Don't worry too much about scoring. Just get the ball, lay it off to your teammates and make their lives living hell. And that's exactly what he did. Man of the match performance. I don't think they'll use him like that in 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 many other games. I just think they saw a weakness in, yeah. in Arsenal's kind of weak centre-back pairing. And he, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. No, no, no alarm bells with him at all. I think he's, I think he's going to he's going to adapt quickly and, and be a great option. Really happy. Really happy yeah, there. he actually looked better off on the ball and off the ball than I anticipated. Yeah, actually. He looked like he could settle this level. There was no issues there. He's not He's not just a poacher, right? He has got a good touch. His distribution's good. His awareness. 
his movement we know about, right? So I, I've no fears either. Palace next, we've got to hold him. And, and I, I gave him a disservice by, you know, I mean, I, I, I meant it as a compliment saying he's a bit like Glenn Murray, the way he like goes into, <laughs> goes into positions, but it was, it was just such a good all round performance. Like if, you know, if you're Brentford and, and you've got him leading the line like that, I mean, there's already been like comparisons between him and like Lukaku and how, and how Tuchel's going to use Lukaku as a bit of a battering ram in some games where he's just going to bully defenders. And like having that per- that presence up front is is going to be vital for, for yeah. Brentford. And Abramo really, really looked good, good, didn't he? Looked lively. He did. He's yeah. a player that was on my watch list and still is. And um, I was impressed. He should have scored, really. He had he had a good good opportunity. The second one was probably the better one, but he hit the post, didn't he, as well? Generally looks like he could be a 5-5 bargain. It could be very important when Lukaku and Kane come into our thinking. I see him uh, as, as as your boy. I see him as, even though you never actually went for him, I still see him as your your player. Uh, yeah, I've so. got claim to him. You can have him as well. It's fine. No, nah, I don't want him. He's yours. <laughs> um, yeah, so interestingly, uh, before I went Bruno, I did have an alternative team, uh, which I was quite close in going with. And I think we've been talking about it on here quite a bit about um, Ragaboli's been putting this tool together called the Turning Point Tool. And what that enables me to do is to run two teams into game week one. Don't worry, only one in the game. The other one exists outside the game, but it gets points. I'm <laughs> not cheating. Him. Exactly. So I just want to show you what my other team would have been if I had not got Bruno, because it's quite, this, this is why I started feeling nauseous at a wedding. Um, this is what I would have had. Look at what you would have had. Um, 70 points. So this was the other team that I put together, um, which was much more risky, much more full of differentials. Um, Sanchez Shaw, Alexander-Arnold, Amity was my back three. Um, so Amity would have got me a clean sheet. Ben Rama's still in there. Mares, Salah, Mane, captain, and Braimo. So Braimo was in there with the three points. Up front, I was going to go Bamford over Ings with Antonio. So this team... Uh, with Veltman, Aylin and Obafemi on the bench would have got me 70 points and put me 3.3 million instead of 100 points and 377k. So I was that close to having a disastrous start. I mean, disastrous. I mean, 70's not terrible, I guess. Mane captain would have been an absolute killer. Yeah. Because if you if you'd captain Salah in that team, you would have got, what, 85 or something and that would have yeah. been, that would have been okay. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not, yeah, it's recoverable, but it's not ideal, is it? <laughs> no, I mean, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep. I mean, the part what this turning point tool allows me to do is keep this team running for a few weeks to see, because you never know. They this team might have a brilliant game week too. Mm. I mean, Manny could get a hat trick against Burnley, and suddenly, you know, so I'm gonna maintain this team for a few weeks just to see out of curiosity how I would have done had I gone with that game week one lineup. Because you don't want to give up on it on one week. Um, but the turning point tool is gonna be really interesting because. Um, you know, I can do something this week where I can create another branch where I won't captain Salah, I'll captain Bruno, and maybe I will go Torres to Greenwood, which is probably not a transfer I'm going to do, but I'll do it on this branch to see, again, how I do. So, Ragaboli and I have got a few ideas how to use this tool going forward. It's going to be an interesting one that people can do and play with. So, we'll knowing, knowing you, Mark, and how obsessional you are with all this, you mm. are going to... I could just imagine you with like all these printouts of different like yeah. paths that you could have taken and trodden. <laughs> I like, I've done this. Here's be the here one. Here. This is the one that would have won it if I'd have just done this in game week four and I'm going to be maintaining like 671 teams by the end. And I, yeah. You're like in film, you're just on a rocking chair in the middle of the room. There's just like diagrams all it, around the room looking at you. Your wife comes in like, Mark, please, you've been in there for 48 hours. And I'll be like, you're this like, one, if I'd have picked <laughs> this, this one, one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's not a good thing because this is going to reveal to you your mistakes or the decisions you would have made. But that's the idea of it, right? It's going to be like, oh, right, okay. 
So why didn't I go with that? What did convince me? So it's going to be really interesting. Right, um, let's touch on something that has been a talking point in many pods this week and on Twitter as well. Um, I just want to show you Ben Krellin's high-level planning, first of all, just to highlight the fact that in between game week three and four, we're going to have an international break. And between game weeks seven and eight, we're going to have an international break as well. And they are obviously windows where we would normally consider our wild card, and we certainly are. I'm sure we're going to do that, either three and four or certainly seven and eight because of the Chelsea swing. But what is clouding the issue a little bit and which is which has emerged this week is uh, a rule change um, with FIFA in terms of players returning from international matches and the uh, and the, and the, the isolation rules are mm. after they return, which is kind of casting a real doubt over, first of all, some players who are going to go away for the South American qualifiers. And just to underline that, Argentina and Brazil play three matches over the international break, the first one between three and four. And the last of those matches is uh, ends at 1.30am on September the 10th. And the game week starts on September the 11th, right? <laughs> Which is just crazy, right? So even without the isolation idea uh, problem, we'd have an issue here with players returning with air miles and fatigue. But when you throw in the fact that the players who play or go to those countries could therefore be forced to isolate, and under the current rules they would be, we've got an issue, haven't we? And what we're showing here are the players that are likely to be affected or could be affected by this. What's your thoughts on this, As? Well, my thoughts are there's some big, big names here. You know, it's not just it's not just like a couple of players. It's players that can affect us all over the place. I mean, look at Villa, Martinez and Buendia. You've got players like Antonio. Uh, I mean, Liverpool, Fabinho, Salah. Like it has, it has an impact on our own FPL teams in terms of the players we've got, but also on who our players are playing. Because if you know you're playing a team against Liverpool, you've got double Liverpool defence. Yeah. And they haven't got Fabinho. They're, they're a weaker defensive outfit. So I think we've got to pay attention to this. And I think we've got to assume that a lot of these players, even if they do get past the restrictions, won't really be quite with it for the, for the matches. We should say Very that the, rule, the rules are getting assessed again, I think on the 25th of August, so another week's time, we might the rules might get changed again. Um, you, you mentioned Salah there. Yeah, it's not just the South American internationals. It's also some of the African and Asian players as mm. well who go away and return from locations which are on the red list and therefore may have to isolate, right? Um, I think the Salah situation could be better because of the dates of the matches and he might make it back. But it's unknown, right? We've got we've got this doubt now over it. And if you want more information, by the way, on the players affected, I recommend uh, boasting the Carps, Fred. That is at Matt Kearney. That's K-E-A-R-N-E-Y 92. At Matt Kearney 92. He's done a document there which lists all the players for the nations affected. Uh, and Scout have done an article today as well. Um, so pop over to Scout or Matt's thread for more info on that. I wonder how many injuries we'll see leading yeah. up to international break. This is it, isn't it? This is what we've got to anticipate as well. There'll be yellow flags going on, you default, before the international breaks um, so that to stop the players going over there, right? There'll be arrangements. There'll be phone calls going on now and emails going on to prepare for this. The clubs are going to be aware of it and they won't want their key players hampered by this so they'll do everything they can right yeah absolutely I mean I, I genuinely think you know you've, you've got you've if, when you're making transfers you know people are going to be bringing in like Richarlison off the back of this uh, you know like play you know Buendia might be someone who, who people are looking at if, if he does well I mean Antonio is already going up in price there's just there is definitely that little bit that would stop me from from maybe moving on these well I, I was going Rafinha my, in my game week three transfers were going to be Rafinha and Son yeah uh, exactly. And obviously Rafinha's on this list for Brazil. He's been called up to the squad, I think, for the first time. 
Um, I don't think he'll play three matches, but if he's going to come back from a location which forces him to isolate, he's not. He might miss game week four. Might miss game week five even. So, yeah, we've got to we've got to go for. We can wait until next week yep. when the rules are revised again. Um, but it's something to be aware of and keep an eye on. Right, let's look at some data. Let's look at some defenders first of all. So what I've done here, I've looked at all the positions other than goalkeeper and sorted some data by expected goal involvement, non-penalty, one of our favourite little stats. That is um, expected assists plus expected goals, non-penalty, um, and looked at the values uh, returned by defenders, midfielders and forwards. And we've got here some defenders to highlight. And and, and they really just show how Soufal was perhaps unfortunate because... 0.59 expected goal involvement against Newcastle. Very, very high. Um, Creswell further down the list on 0.16, even though he came away with a goal. So I guess you can get yourself unfortunate there, right? Well, yeah, it was, you know, Antonio should have scored it. And it was, you know, uh, Antonio had a weird game because, I mean, he missed a penalty, mm. missed the absolute sitter and still came away with, with double digits. I mean, he, he could have got 20 points. He could have gone that? massive, couldn't he? He could have <laughs> an absolutely Crazy. massive. Um, yeah, well, Creswell down there with with four crosses from open play, but only one chance created and Soufal had the two. Um, the player that I've highlighted here as well is, uh, is Tierney. Now, when I was watching the uh, the Brentford-Arsenal game at best, Tierney was the standout, right? And the numbers do back this up. So 11 crosses from open play, two shots in the box, three shots overall, five successful crosses from those open play um, balls in and six chances created overall. XGI non-penalty of 0.46. Did you see any click of Tierney? He was impressive, wasn't he? So impressive. I mean, six chances created in one game is crazy, especially in a game where you lose 2-0. Uh, he, he was he was absolutely amazing. Yeah. He really he really was. I mean, everything good that Arsenal did came, came from Tierney. So yeah. I'm looking at him in, you know, after the next two matches and thinking, you know, they've got a really good run of games. If I can find 0.5 and upgrade Wyatt to Tierney, I'm, I'm going to do it. And this this underlines his influence. It's an article on uh, theanalyst.com today, and they've kindly allowed us to use one of their graphics. This shows that Tierney created 14 um, shot-ending sequences, basically, and that is actions that ended in a shot, either from a pass, his own shot, or from a dribble um, uh, within a move that, to a shot. That is the highest number of any player in the game week. Right, So... You know, he was associated with more um, shot-ending moves than any other player. And you could believe it when you saw it. I mean, him and Smith-Rowe were the only really signs of any hope for Arsenal. Those two really did stand out. But Tierney at 5 million is a, is a defender that we've got to consider because Arsenal's fixtures do improve. It's just our team's going to find the weaknesses, I mean, like, like Brentford did. I mean, they've got to get Gabriel back in defence. I think mm. Ben White is never going to be the best in the air and he got exposed. But I think other teams, I mean, Lukaku turns up with Chelsea next. They're going to go, they're going to sit right on Ben White and hit long balls. And I mean, that's the trouble with Arsenal. You know, they've always had a weakness in defence and teams haven't had trouble finding it, right? Yeah. I mean, just to put in context, last season, De Bruyne created 80 chances. So this is De Bruyne. Yeah. And Tini created six in one match. Yeah. So, you know, six times 38, I'm not even going to bother working that out, but it would dwarf, it would dwarf anything that the Bruyne did. I mean, he's not going to do that every match, but still, it's, it's a hell of a performance that you've got to kind of take note of. Um, yeah, I mean, Arsenal can't get any worse. No. Like, they, they physically can't get any worse than that. But, you know, the, I mean, it was weird, isn't it? The build-up to it, Aubameyang and Lacazette both being out. I mean, the team they put out was shocking, really. Like, it was, 
you know, far cry from where they were sort of 10 years ago or, you know, even under Wenger in the later years. It was, you know, that, that team would finish what? Just above the relegation zone? It was, it was a, a genuinely a, a really, really poor mm. side. Balogun and Martinelli. I mean, I didn't see, I didn't expect to see Martinelli yet because he's, I don't think he's had much of a pre-season at all. I mean, he looked like he hadn't had any pre-season. No. He look, he's, um, he's a good player, loads of talent there, mm. but had no, no influence on the game whatsoever. Mm. Okay, further down the list, Alexander Arnold. We know what we get with him. He was present against Simicast, though, was a factor, wasn't he? Um, I haven't highlighted it here, but five crosses from open play, which has matched Alexander Arnold's output. I was impressed with him. He took sit pieces as well. He took corners yeah. in Robertson. I mean, I was very glad that I opted for Simicast over Yotta, even though Yotta came in with the one extra point. Um, I think with Firmino coming off the bench after an hour, and Yotta didn't look too pleased about that. I think Simicast will be good for another game or two, maybe. Although Robertson is back in training, right? So we're not going. Mm. We're probably going to get one more from him, aren't we? But I mean, that's okay. Burnley at home, we'd expect something from that, right? If we can get one game and a price rise and another clean sheet, like I think it's perfect, literally perfect. I mean, the, my my biggest issue, my biggest worry with going with him was that I'd want Jota and and mm. I wouldn't be able to move for him. And all that game against Norwich confirmed was how much I don't want him. Because he was absolutely brilliant and still got subbed at 60 minutes. Like literally just on 60 minutes as well. So, that, you know. And he dawdled off to get those two points. dawdled off to get, to get the extra point. Yeah, yeah. All for his owners. But Firmino's looking decent and, and in good form at the moment. You know, scoring in pre-season, scoring in that game. And I still think Firmino is first choice. I still, I still don't know what Jota's place is in, in the side. And I've said it for, you know, since the beginning of last season. I still don't know. Is he going to play all four at once? Mm. I'm just, I'm I, I just don't not sure it. he will. I don't I'm just see not sure it. he will. Not yet. Not until that Van Dyke defence is back fully up to speed. Van Dyke's not fully fit yet. He match fit anyway, right? So I think we've got to see them settle, get a run of clean sheets, and then perhaps he'll be bold enough to play the four. I think he will on occasions, but yeah, I, I think, I mean, I backed Giotto over Greenwood, and already I've changed my mind on that. I was wrong on that. I'm glad I didn't follow through with either of those players I mean absolutely uh, Greenwood is the one at the moment but you know his doubts over his start won't start yet but we'll talk about him in a minute let's look at midfielders in fact sorry if everyone watched me blow my nose by the way uh, it is, very, um, it is quite chronic I played down your cold at the start but actually I'll take it all back as it is quite severe isn't it? will he make it will he make it through the two hour slog that is black box we'll see I'm going to test <laughs> I'm just leaking I'm just literally my, lo- my nose is it's just streaming. leaking yeah. yeah, okay. Not even the podcast viewers want to hear about this, do they? <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Uh, this is the midfielders. Um, so I've highlighted some players here that caught my eye. Um, Traore, first of all. I mean, the, when you get given the Wolves job as a manager, surely your main task, if you're going to win football matches, as well as getting him and his back up to speed, is to get the most out of Traore. Because what you've yep. got there is a world beater, potentially, if you can find a way of harnessing his ridiculous strength and pace alright his end product's not always there and it wasn't there at Leicester but my word he, he really did stand out didn't he it was almost yeah. unstoppable I mean do you see any potential in him over the season for us definitely definitely yeah I mean Nuno did it for a bit didn't he, he you know not last season the season before there was like a window of about seven or eight games where Trey was not only unplayable but was also delivering great crosses he was mm. you know so dangerous in the box he was finishing quite nicely and then it all disappeared. And he went, kind of went back to the old, the old trail, right? Uh, but yeah, very, very encouraging signs for him. But no returns. Eleven touches in the box, six shots, which is the most amongst midfielders, I believe. Um, and 0.89 xgi non penalty on the day. 
he really should have scored at least one. He's an, he's one to monitor because Wolves' fixtures do pick up, right? They do have a really good run, yeah, yeah. Or a really solid run, um, where we may look at him as, but at six million always could be an option as well, particularly when we're trying to save money in midfield for maybe Lukaku or Kane. Um, further down, I mean, Torres is highlighted there, but I, I mean, I, he did have a good game, didn't he? He was doing plenty off the ball, showing willing. He did have a, one opportunity, which perhaps he could have done better with. Do you think now, um, we'll look at my team later, he is going to be in it. Do you think Jesus starts? Do you think KDB up front? What's your thought? I thought he was arguably City's best player on, on, on the pitch, which isn't saying a lot. Mm. <laughs> But I thought he did. He did well. Will he keep his place? I don't think. So. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to sit on the fence. 50, isn't it? 50, it's fifty-fifty. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jesus isn't exactly like didn't cover himself in glory when he came on. But there's there's definitely so many options that could play there. Mm. And it's now been two games he's played and hasn't scored or registered anything. So you've got the pressure when you play up front for City to deliver, and he hasn't done it, even though he's played quite well. So I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he if he came off the bench. No, we'll see. I mean, in a way, it might work in my favour. The fact there's a huge doubt over his star because no one's going to go. No one's going to go to him. It's only it's only managers like me who have him who will hold him, right? So if he does come in, he, he will stay a differential. There's no doubt, and he might get even get something off the bench or play on the right hand side for Mares. Um, Smith Rowe highlighted here 0.49. He had four touches in the box, and touches in the box is key, I think, for showing up on this list and on the day. Grealish had eight. Further down the list, though, the player I want to talk about is Ismail Assar, who was just oh. incredible, wasn't he? Oh, oh I've been, yeah, I've been talking about him a week. I mean, like, like, I keep making the same joke over and again that some people might not have heard it, but on, I genuinely think he's he, he's ended Target's career. I just don't think that's Target's ever going to play that's again. Cool, that's a cool <laughs> jibe, a, a reliable, consistent left back, but never mind, go on. God, go. But it's, it's pretty accurate though, isn't it? I mean, wow. you've, got, you've got to have a hell of a personality to come back from that. I mean, he was just, Time and time and time again, rinsed by Saar. I've never seen anything like it. I can't remember someone. I mean, I mean, Hazard, I guess, used to do that to some players, and we see it every every now and then. But like a Watford player or like a newly promoted side having a player mm-hmm. like Saar in the team is is just. And I just think he's just going to get better. He's just going to get better and better and better as he tests himself against better op- opponents. You know, Watford get get stronger. I I wrote Watford out completely. But I think with Saar, they've got they've got a real yeah. chance of staying up. I mean, hands up, I didn't know enough about Watford to commit to them. I mean, I knew of Saar, of course, but I did worry about whether Watford had goal power in them and they turned out they did against Villa, three goals, right? And Saar, 10 touches in the box, three shots, four chances created. It's all round, right? All round fantastic. And I had a quick look at the data from that game compared to his average data when he was in the Premier League before. And what I'm showing here, first of all, is Saar's touch map in that game. And you've only got to look at that once to see where what we're talking about, look where most of his touches were in the box, really in the danger zone oh, where, so it could, nice. where it could hurt Villa. Um, so compared to his averages in 2019-20, when he had a, a decent first season in the Premier League, um, 10 touches in the box compared to an average of 3.9 when he was last in the Premier League, three shots compared to 1.6, shots in the box two compared to 1.2, shots on target two compared to 0.5. His XG was lower. Um, chances created four on the day compared to 0.9. Massive jumps, right, from what we saw on average from him in the Premier League last time. He's obviously had the extra season in the Championship, mm. 13 goals. He did look different, didn't he? He looked stronger, more powerful, more confident. End product looked better. All round, a player we've got to take notice of, right? 
Yeah, I mean, Aston Villa looked like they'd never played together before, which which definitely I did, helped. I did warn you on that. <laughs> they looked like a team who's bought a load of players and hadn't had time to gel. Well, I saw the lineup though, and I saw like Ashley Young in the side, and yeah, and people like that. I was like, oh, this is this going to be, and they you know they concede straight away. I mean, yeah, I, I mean he's not going to be playing target every week. That's that's one that's one. Well, who's the left back for Brighton? It's going to be Solly March, isn't it? Yeah, Solly March is great. Have him in his pocket. <laughs> At least he's a bit quicker than, than Target appears to be. I thought, I thought, I don't know if Target is slow or if Sarah is, is just slow. so rapid that, yeah. It's a bit I, of both. March Mar- will deal with, with him, but at least we've got cover as well when we, when we go back to the back three. You know, he was, he was rinsing Target and then just mm. making his way into the box and no one was there to challenge him. He had all the time in the world. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think it will, we'll, we'll, give, we'll give him a better game than, than Villa did uh, for sure. Mm, we'll see. Another player there just above Saar in our table, uh, Mason Greenwood, right? A lot of talk about him this week. I think he is the player I fear most going into game week two. He's got that fixture at Southampton, which looks tailor-made for goals. We'll look at our predictions later. Um, I didn't expect to see him in the central striker role for United. Um, I guess the question is, can he stay there? I mean, what's your, what's your thoughts on Greenwood? Didn't you, I think I, I was expecting him to start centre forward I thought yeah. Cavani wasn't back was he so it was him or Martial mm. really and Martial I think is isn't going to be a, a huge factor yeah I thought I thought he was it was superb but I mentioned earlier that his his awareness to pick up on loose balls from Leeds and you know it, it and, and as you said it wasn't just attacking it was all the stuff he did in the middle of the park I mean Solskjaer be so pleased with the way he played because he was he was absolutely vital in that in that win unlocking other players letting Fernandez bomb forward you know, letting Pogba into the game. He was, he was absolutely fantastic. So yeah, I'm, I'm very worried about him. And I think, you know, the fears are, where's his place long-term? Because if, you know, Pogba could start on the left, Sancho could go right and then Cavani could play up front, then he misses out. But he's not, he's not going to be benched after that performance. No, so, no, no. I mean, in the short term, he's, it's his shirt to lose. I think I've said this on so. Twitter. The only thing I would draw, I mean, people have said, you know, we talk about Greenwood being a, uh, an elite finisher, right? So I looked at some data and this really surprised me because I wanted to see how Cavani and Greenwood compared last season. Because um, the point I'm raising is once Cavani is fit, it's only going to take him to come off the bench and score an important goal and suddenly the doubt is there, right? Because Cavani is a class act. But I, I, I did think, well, you know, Greenwood's finishing is elite level. It's not quite yet, right? We've, I mean, the brilliant finish against Leeds and this is this could be controversial. I'm sure there's United fans out there. I'm not saying he, he isn't a fantastic finisher. He is, but he's still got work to do. He's still raw. He's still going to develop, right? These numbers are quite interesting in mm. that if you look at his shot accuracy last season, it's lower than both Martial and Cavani. 34.3 for Greenwood. So that's the number of his shots that hit the target compared to 46.5 for Martial, 44.1 shot accuracy from Cavani. Look at the big chance conversion. So Greenwood converted two of his eight big chances, um, whereas Cavani, so 20% big chance conversion, Cavani was 56.3. And his overall conversion for Cavani, 29.4 combined to 10.4 for Greenwood. So his conversion rate wasn't that of a top-level finisher yet. And there's a big gap to Cavani, right? And this is why I think as soon as Cavani is fit and showing a bit of form, that's when the doubts about Greenwood in the central Mm. role will begin. I mean, what do you make of that, Dave? Really interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't seen that before. Uh, I mean, the, the shots and, you know, the shots on target and stuff, I mean, Greenwood is taking more shots than the others. So, you yeah, know, you'd expect there to be a bit of a drop-off. But the big chance conversion, I thought Greenwood would be top of that list out of the three. Yeah, and what we've got to say is he was wide a lot of the last season, whereas Cavani's in the middle. So perhaps the 
the nature of those chances coming Greenwood's way and the nature of those shots is a lower XG. His XG delta, that's the difference between his XG and the amount of goals he scored, he's above that, 0.87. It's positive. Mm. That's the mark of a good finisher. But Cavani's above it by more, 1.96. So again, I do think there is a gap there. It's not a gulf, but there is a gap there between Greenwood's ability right now and Cavani. Cavani is world-class, but of course Cavani's coming down and Greenwood's coming up, yeah. right? And it's just how much how much that's going to affect things this season. Well, it's, it's, it's why Solskjaer was so desperate to keep Cavani at the club for another season. And I think there's so much that Greenwood can learn from him, this this guy that's like kind of done done it all. And I think the finishing, I mean, this is this is really interesting because there is there is just that, such that strong narrative, isn't there, about he's the best finisher yeah. at the club. You hear it all the time. Gary Neville says it all the time and everything. But yeah, Cavani is better. So yeah. he can learn from him. Well, I mean, it's no... That's no crime, is it? Cavani's world class, absolutely world class. Um, 136.8 minutes per goal compared to 260.8, 260.6 for Greenwood, 371.3 for Martial. Martial really isn't a factor. The only thing that worries about Martial is, is he's not going to keep quiet on the bench. I can't see him being a player that is happy sitting on the bench in the Premier League every week, right? So he's going to get minutes somewhere. He might mm. not get starts, but he's going to kick off, isn't he? Don't you think, Martial? Well, yeah. Or he just will sulk and just not, not really bother anyone, just, you know, be really grumpy all the time. Mm. I mean, he is, I mean, again, though, Martial, I think, is, he has, he has been the centre forward of United. So I don't suddenly just think he's going to only play left wing and that's going to free up, you know, Cavani and Greenwood. I think Martial will get some minutes up front as well. Sa- I mean, Sancho's versatility is, is good for Greenwood because mm. Sancho can easily play on the left. Yeah. And, and he can cut inside. But, you know, a, a front a front three of Sancho, Greenwood, and Martial wouldn't be completely ridiculous. I mean, the pace that they have with that uh, would be amazing. So yeah, I, I, yeah, Cavani's obviously a no go. I think there's 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 going to be minutes to be shared, but Greenwood, I think I agree with you. He's the one that worries me the most this week. Yeah, short term, definitely, and, and, and also Pogba's got a key role to play in this because if he goes back to one of the, if they don't go double pivot, if they don't go Fred and McTominay, and Pogba goes back into the two with Bruno in front, then that makes it better for Greenwood as well. The only issue is, are they going to do that? I mean, Varane is going to make the defence a lot stiffer, but are they immediately going to go, Varane's in, right, we're going with one CDM. I don't know. I don't know how certain that is. Um, a lot of people are talking like Pogba's just going to drop back. He's not going to play on the left, but he was pretty successful playing on the left, wasn't he, at the weekend? And, and not always the most successful playing in the middle, especially no. with, with Fernandes. Fernandes, you know, the stats are there that suggest that Fernandes isn't as effective when he has to cover a bit for Pogba's runs going forward. So, yeah. you know, they stumbled on something that, that works. They might not change anything up for, for Southampton. But all good for now. I think the message is, though, it's not a done deal yet with Greenwood or, or Pogba, right? We've got to see how it, how it shakes up. Forwards, not too much to look at here. Um, I thought Vardy was impressive, though. I mean, I, I think he started the season far better than I expected because he he did start to show signs last season that he was perhaps in decline, should we say. Are we brave enough to say that? I guess we can. Um, <laughs> but eight touches in the box, six shots uh, and three on target. 0.63 expected goal involvement on the day. Got the goal, of course, and looked alive, didn't he? And they played just one up front. And that was interesting. Yeah. Iheanacho coming on the sub. Looks like Iheanacho's not going to be a factor yet. Yeah, and it's it's weird how long he's going to be happy at sort of the bench. You know, arguably Leicester's best player last season. Um, you know, such a strong end. Is he is he going to be happy with getting twenty minutes every game coming on for Barnes? I don't know. And I was talking to Jenny about this earlier. It's 
you know, Leicester have got so many different ways of playing, so many different systems. Mm. They can play five at the back, they can play two up front, but there isn't, there doesn't seem to be a system which gets all their best players in. So like Vardy, Ianacho, Barnes, Tielemans, Ndidi, Madison, like, I don't really see how they can play all, all six of those. So there's always going to be someone missing out. And I think Ianacho might be the kind of long-term solution to Vardy. But they're not going to leave Vardy out, especially when he when he has a game like he did. His celebration as well to the Wolves fans was just peak Vardy, wasn't it? He loves all that, doesn't he? He does. He it's loves great. all that. Um, what about Dennis for Watford? That was that came from nowhere, didn't it? This guy had got two goals in twenty three, I think, for Bruges last season. Not even on my <laughs> radar. I had no no inkling that he he would even start because I thought Cucho Fernandez may start, um, but he came off the bench and scored. But um, Dennis. Goal and assist on his debut. He got the injury, which has put some people off, but a lot of people have gone in for him at five million. Do you think there's any potential there, or is it all about Saar for you? I'm trying so hard to to not say that he was a menace. Oh, I've don't seen that. do that. Don't do the <laughs> menace joke. But, you know, you, we'd have got points for avoiding that, but yeah, Scoutcast did it last night and everything. Anyway, go on. He was he was a bit of a menace though, wasn't he? he was, to be yeah. fair to him. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a Nasher based joke, but my cold is stopping me from thinking of him. This probably is probably something there. The answers on a, on a on a postcard. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Going go what for striker? I mean, he's he's better than any of the four five yeah. forwards. So I guess if you know you could actually get a, a a five forward who looks like he's going to play a bit. So he's not a bad option there. But I don't know when I'll be starting him with so many options around six to seven yeah, five. And yeah, de- decent decent first game for him. I I wouldn't endorse it because they got Jao Pedro who probably will be first choice and and Cucho, as I said came off yeah. the bench and looked good as well. So there's still uncertain. I mean, Watford have got what fifteen strikers in the game something like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, That's the issue. That's the issue. Yeah, it yeah. really is. So, um, yeah, and just just to finally look at things like 0.01 expected goal involvement non penalty. There you go, and you got your goal. That's fortune, that is. Let's, see, let's see what he does this week. I, w- I would say it was the worst performance from him, but he he just didn't get the ball at all. Like they just could not find ways to get him the ball in the mm. dangerous areas. So, even though his stats were poor, and you know you'd say he had a poor game, there's not really much he could do because they just they just couldn't seem to find him. So. It's only going to get better for him, I think. Has it worked with Watkins back? That's why I don't. I still don't get it. Me neither. Still, don't the, f- the only thing I can see is four four two. That's the only thing that makes sense. They just conceded three goals to Watford. Is he going to play two up front? And they're not strong enough, I don't think, defensively in midfield to play a four four two. Well, he's he's going to have to go back on the fact he said he's not going to play yeah. Watkins on the left because he's he has to. <laughs> but he, he won't know as because he lives in the real world, not oh, the fantasy yeah, world. Let's just get that straight, shall we? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, and like seeing them against Watford, I wonder if he even knows because I say, yeah, I, <laughs> it was so bad. He's got a lot. So he's got bad. a lot of good players there, right? El Ghazi, Traore, obviously Bailey to fit in. He's got a lot of good players, and mm. I think he's got. You know, they obviously signed those three players to replace Greenish, and now it's like, can we get them in the same team in yeah. a system that works? And that's Smith's challenge, right? I, I thought Bailey. I thought Bailey did well when he came on. Yeah. You know, got got the assist and, and added added that kind of spark. I don't think it's any coincidence he came on and and you know they scored. So he is yeah. We'll talk about watch list in a second, but yeah, he's he's on mine. Yeah. So these are the watch lists at the moment. No goalkeepers for either of us. These are just players that we looked at in game week one, and we'll take onwards. I did put Raya on mine. Did, yeah, yeah, I did think about it. Oh, did you? Oh, did I miss him <laughs> off on Bell? Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, he did okay, didn't he? On the night, obviously the clean sheet wasn't expected, um, but he was. I looked at the BPS. I think he got eighteen BPS. I think it was uh, Woodman for Newcastle who topped the BPS charts for keepers. So he might be well, one worth He got the penalty saved, didn't he? Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, always pushes um, them up. 
But um, no, I think I think no, I'm talking about baseline BPS. So I don't think that would. Oh, have I see. So. Yeah, so I think yeah. he did well overall. But yeah, I mean, we're not going to consider goalkeeper changes just yet. But obviously, as we near wildcard time, game week seven, yeah, that would be what we look at. Um, let's look at, briefly then at our watch list. Tierney's top for me. Creswell after that, you've got the same two, same three, in fact. Tierney, yeah, Creswell, well, Rudiger. I didn't do them in order. Right, I just, okay. I thought for symmetry, I'd map them to, oh, okay. to yours, but right. they're just they're just the general. People. Those but, yeah. are the order for me. I think for you, where would you watch? What's, what's the next defender in line for you? Would you say if you're going to look at a defensive transfer? Uh, yeah, good question. I don't really want to make a defensive transfer, uh, which which is it? I mean, it's it's it's. I'm looking. It's probably going to be white for Tierney if I do anything in in yeah. four, um, which I like the look of. Uh, Pereira is someone that does interest me as well. A five five. I thought if he can start, you know, we we were kind of questioning whether he's going to get back to his best because uh, he obviously had that injury last season, but he looked good again for Leicester. One of the few players that <laughs> did really, uh, or it could be Liveramento. You know, yeah. you know, at four million. He could be the uh, Samiskas way out that we've been looking for. Also, but, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping not to make a defensive transfer for a while. Also, I've got Brandon Williams on there because he's nearing a move. It looks like nearing a loan move, right? So he's once he moves, he's going to be a regular starter, and I, he does offer threat. Even if yep. he goes to Norwich, he's not a bad option to have because he might pull an assist out down again. Um, what do you make of Duffy? By the way, he, he lined up and had a good game. Do you think there's a chance that he might hold his start? At four no million? shots of all defenders, I believe. Was was Shane Duffy? He keeps his place. He keeps his for place. Now, or for, for now, yeah, for now, he's not going to get dropped after that performance. I think Veltman comes straight back in at right wing back because so I think mm. people like you and I have got him. Don't, don't need to worry too much. Yeah, I think that that system, you know, it, it works in the second half against Burnley, uh, and we need Veltman. He's he's by far the best wing back we got, so he'll be in. But yeah, I think I think Duffy's Duffy was. I wasn't expecting that. I was not yeah. expecting it. But you know, he's a, he's a good defender, and he's got a, he's had a good partnership with Dunk in the past so he could make a, a claim for, for staying in the team but he's always going to be a bit would of a, be handy with his goal threat definitely would be handy but I mean guess he was back in training today go on little Lampy Lampy was he oh yeah he but was. would you trust him I mean if, if he came back and started a couple of games I'd still want to give it longer no no yeah. is the answer but what, what I mean is it means Veltman would move back to the centre back right and then, du- and then Duffy would be the first sacrifice right Right, okay. I'm not sure how to react to that because Veltman got his only assist from centre back. So even though he played, yeah, wing back, he did. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay, that's interesting. But I, I mean, I think Lamp- he, sc- he scored, didn't he, from right wing back? Did he? Okay, uh, did he? Maybe, maybe. But Lamptey's going to need time. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, oh, he, he's up. he's he's not going to be an option until no. second half of the season. But there, there could, there, I just mean, there could be sort of no change. I mean, you know, it means Gross, for example, might not play right yeah. wing back anymore. Or go back to centre mid. It just. Gross started left wing back. Did you see that? Yeah. What was that about? I mean, I, they changed it, but I was like, it's a bit crazy. I mean, what's going on there? I mean, well, odd. Well, this is what I can never understand, but Potter does sometimes, is that he does something like that. We play absolutely terribly. He then makes the team look more normal and we play really well. And everyone's like, oh, Potter is a genius. What a manager. Like, you no, know, really, he, got, them, really got them off the second, second half. So, well, he didn't take just... credit for the subs though, to be fair, because they, they asked about that and... He was quick to blame, give the players the credit. But yeah, he, well, he has to, to doesn't he? He can't be like, yeah, it's all me. Like, no, I'm, well, yeah. you, you can if you're Big Sam. That's exactly what That's Big true. Sam does. Yeah, yeah, of course, it's all about my subs. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think Potter is odd sometimes with what the teams he starts with. He does pull some surprises out. He, 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 he does overcomplicate things. Yeah. He's, he's obviously a very good manager and I'm, I'm glad we have him. But mm. 
sometimes you look at the lineups, you just think, oh my God, just play players in their normal positions and we'll probably win this game quite comfortably. But yeah, it can be a little bit frustrating. Moving into midfield, we both got Son and Saar. I mean, for me, Son's a player I'm looking at game week three. And I was looking at Rafina, but with the complications on the international break, Saar probably goes above him now in my thinking, because it obviously means I can keep 0-5 in the bank as well and then maybe consider Tini later if he doesn't rise in price. Um, Greenwood is third on my list. No doubt, really, that he is the best short-term option, but I think mid-term it's Son and Saar that I'm looking at over him. And Embremo's on there as well. Willock is on yours as well. Um, anyone you want to pick out there? You've, you're sharing a lot of names the same as me, but you've got Ali in there. Interesting. Yeah, I'll put Ali in there. I mean, you know, if he's if he's going to be playing regularly as a ten with Spurs' fixtures of six five, you know, I think he's he's in with a shout. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was yeah, it's it's hard. It's I'm finding it hard at the moment, and it's you know, it's why there's such a strong template to really yeah. pick out too too many names. Willock could be interesting if he moves to Newcastle. If he can show the form that he did at the end of last season, he could be a great pick. I was impressed with Bailey, but the fixtures turned, so he's a bit of a wait and see. Uh, Mount obviously tough fixtures, but. Mount will be on my watch list all season, I think, because I think he he could have a really, really good... He'll be on our watch list, but really never in season. our teams, right? I, I think I, he could well be. He's just a player that we'll admire from afar without actually getting... Mind you, when Chelsea fixtures turn... Game week seven, yeah. I mean, what other... You know, it's going to be hard. You're not going to pick like a Pulisic or a Verne or someone like that. It's probably going to be Havertz or, or Mount in midfield. Yeah. Um, and at the moment, I'd I'd favour I'd favour Mount. Yeah, yeah uh, Ali's into it. I mean, Ali, you know, I think we we want Son, but Son could prove to be too hard to get. So I think Ali probably is the next best. Well, we've got a choice to make, haven't we? we we'll have a choice whether to go, if we keep Salah and Bruno, we can either go for Son or we can try and get one of Lukaku and Kane in. I can't see it, though. I can't possibly see me having Bruno, Salah and Kane. Maybe Lukaku at a stretch, but we're going to mm. have to rip our entire team out with the wild card to get those three in. Whereas I think Salah, Bruno and Son is is doable with keeping a decent team but that means foregoing the two players top of our watch this up front Kane and Lukaku are you have you got any early thoughts about what you're likely to do well I'm, I'm getting Kane if he moves to City <laughs> and, and what and who will go then what will you do well I'll, I'll try and make a team of all three Hello, I'll try and make a team of all three if I can't then welcome to my team Mr Brownhill that'll be won't it well, it could well be, but you know, there, there are some five, five, six million options out there. I mean, you know, having a team with like Saar, I mean, you know, Ing- Ings is going to, Ing- Ings is going to be gone. Mm. Um, I mean, who, who could you have around, around six? I mean, you could have, I mean, Saar's the only one I'm, I'm thinking I'm drawing a bit of a blank for other names. I mean, Embraimo at five, five. Oh yeah. I mean, we're two. lucky. Well, I mean, I think if we get one playing four million defender, whether it be Williams and perhaps we'll have to go two four million defenders and a back three. And then we've got options in midfield to fill the, for Ben Rama, as as Matic Rama, mentions in, yeah. in the chat, but the the obvious downgrade is going to be Trent, isn't it? Because as soon as we start wanting oh, these premiums, as God. soon as we start wanting these like premiums, Bruno. a seven five defender is going to be too much. It's Bruno. Tom Stevenson's in the chat. He knows what he's talking about. He's gone Bruno, Bruno out, and that's what I'm thinking as well. If I'm going to lose anyone for Lukaku or Kane, and if it is Kane, I will go Bruno out because Kane. There's absolutely no way I'm losing Bruno. Would, is there not? No way. No way. Well, I think when you look at your team, when you try and get free and you might change your mind. I think I'd keep Bruno over Salah. Oh. I mean, it wouldn't be pretty, but it wouldn't be pretty going without Bruno, given what... Well, we're going to talk about Bruno and Salah in a bit, right? And we'll it's, look it's at tough. You might it's change tough. your mind. So, what about Son in all this? Does he just... he just? I mean, there's Son, a 10 million midfielder playing yeah. up front, if Kane does go. 
there's an argument to say, well, Son could outscore Kane anyway. We're presuming Kane's going to... I looked at that City game and what I was thinking when I was watching is, what are they going to do with Kane in this team? Because he... It's no good him dropping deep into midfield and picking the ball up. He's going to have to be on the last defender, presumably. That's not yeah. his, that's not really his game now, really, is it? Not that. I mean, with the years to come, that's not going to be his game. He's going to get progressively a player who comes deep, scores opportunities coming into the box rather than someone who hangs on the last defender. But for City, they, they they're going to. I mean, they can't have another player coming into midfield and linking play. They've got. I think Lukaku would have been a better signing from. I mean, he's going to be a brilliant signing, there's no doubt. And he'll finish their chances. But like, like I couldn't imagine how Grealish was going to fit in. If Kane does go, I just can't imagine how he's going to fit the pattern of play. Well, it, it, will, it will work because you'll have Grealish, Gundogan and De Bruyne or whoever that are able just to push on even more. It'll free, it'll free right. them up yeah, to, yeah. to do more. So yeah. it will work. I mean, I think he's, he's the perfect player for, for them because he's going to adapt so quickly into that kind of ever ro- ro- revolving, rotating squad of like world-class players. It should be nuts. It should be absolutely nuts. And then he's always, he's always just there somehow, isn't he? He's always just there to, to finish off the chances that all the players are creating. I thought it was a no-brainer though. I thought though, City, when Kane, he's going to get 30 goals. But when I watched City at the weekend and the way they played, um, with Torres hardly getting a touch, Kane can't play that role. You know, he's not going to play that role where he's trying to make runs and touching the ball 15 times. He's going to want to be involved. So, mm. again, they'd have to, I mean, it's like the Greedish thing. I'd, I wonder whether there's a bit of the Newcastle and Espria here where they just sign a brilliant player but struggle for a while to fit him in and it does ruin things a bit. And I worry that that could happen. That with Greedish and Kane, both world-class players in my view, but Pep's got to make a system that works really quickly with those two players, isn't it? He might not achieve that. I don't know. That's my worry. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's interesting. I, I think you might be overthinking a bit. Of course, that's my job. <laughs> that's I, th- my I, think you, I think. I think if you stick a fully fit Kane to that squad, he'll he'll hit the ground running. And you know, City get off to bad starts like this, and I think a lot of that yeah. is down to fitness. Yeah. So I think as soon as they're all up to speed and they're they're playing off each other, I don't think they'd be. It's it'll... funny actually. People writing City off here and there, and um, remember they started, happens every year. Started badly last season. Remember the last every year. It's every, it's every year. I don't think it's just it's just last season, is it? They yeah. always seem to, to to get off to a start like this. But obviously they'll they'll click and they'll turn it around. Other strikers on the watch list: uh, Wilson, Jimenez, Calvert Lewin. Um, I've gone Bamford, Wilson, Armstrong. Suppose Calvert Lewin wasn't on yours. Yeah, you know, the crosses I, yeah, I like it. I like. I'm, I want to see a bit more. I want to see away from home what Benitez does at Leeds, um, because he could be negative away from home. So I want to see. I was I was quite impressed with Everton though. I mean, definitely they're going to give him service, right? That's clear. Townsend and, and Gray are there to provide chances for Charleston as well. And they did get the balls in and Cavalier had a couple of good chances. Well, half chances for most players, but for him, because of his ability in the air, decent chances. Um, so yeah, there's promise there. Maybe I should have considered him. Certainly I'll be watching it. But I don't know if we can afford an 8 billion strike. We're going to look at... This is, the, this is the thing. Going Kane and Lukaku with two heavy hitters, he's going to shut off all that talent between 7 and 10 million mm. in every position and which might include Trent yeah. I don't know it's, it's a really we've, we've got some big decisions to make it, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised with how attached to Trent you are I mean obviously he's, he's great but if we want to get close to having three premiums it has to be the 7-5 defender who's a sacrifice yeah he probably would have to go yeah but mm. I don't know if I'll do it I think I might be <laughs> in the camp who go in with just two I think Bruno will be going for me maybe um, okay. No, you said that before. Yeah, I didn't, didn't I? Didn't go through <laughs> with it. 
predictions. This is where we stand on the uh, predictions after week one. 60% there. See, I don't even have to fudge these numbers. Six out of ten uh, outcomes for me. Five out of ten for you. I've got two scores correct. You beat me on the clean sheets. Not a bad start, though. You've got to be happy with 50 and 60%, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I mean, you're... You're so good at when you when you get when you get ones right, getting the the correct scores. It's I not brilliant. I, I just got I got the I got the Leicester Wolves. You went big on Leicester, and I went one nil. What was the other one I got right? It was a three nil. It was um, Chelsea, I think. Yeah, Chelsea. was it Chelsea? Chelsea? Oh, no, it was Liverpool. Liverpool and Norwich. Oh, Liverpool. Sorry, I went three yeah. nil. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, let's look at this week's um, situation. Um, so. Once again, quite similar, even though I didn't see your scores beforehand. Uh, the game week fixtures then. Uh, Liverpool-Burnley is the early kickoff, And of course, we're talking about our captains. and We'll in-depth look at Salah and Fernandes to round the show off. Will we captain Salah in the first game? The early kickoff, right? It's a problem. No. Don't want it, do we? <laughs> it's never, never good. I mean, we should absolutely not be basing decisions on what time the no. teams kick off, unless it's after the international break and teams might have had a, players might have had a bit more sleep. But yeah, we definitely shouldn't be this weekend. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to let that that kind of thing factor in, into my decision. But yeah, I've, I've just gone 2-0. I mean, I think I, I saw that Liverpool score. I actually thought Liverpool did not badly against Burnley, but struggled a bit against Burnley. And then I looked at the results and the fact they scored an average of 2.3 goals a game or something. And I thought, okay, they don't really struggle that much against Burnley. So I've just gone with the, the law of averages, two goals, which is about what they normally score against them. Mm. Yeah, okay. I, I've i gone 3-0 again. I think I think Liverpool will see some data on the Burnley defence in a bit, which may persuade you to up that prediction, but you can't now. It's, it's settled. Um, Aston Villa, Newcastle. I've intriguingly gone for an away win here. I, I wasn't impressed with Villa. And actually, I thought Newcastle did all right in that game. I just think West Ham were too good for them, second half in particular. But I think they got a goal for it, Newcastle, with Sam Maxim. And obviously, Willock back in there now as well, likely mm-hmm. to start this. I see them getting a couple of goals. So do you. Interestingly, you've gone, you know, that they'll breach the Newcastle events. And Newcastle events did look dodgy, didn't it? It did. And I just think Villa, are gonna, uh, they're, they're, they're going to sort it out. I don't know when it's going to be. It might not be this week. This is why I've gone for quite a close sort of high-scoring game with Villagers edging it. But the, the players they've got up front are going, are going to do some damage to Newcastle. They look so shaky at the back. Mm. So it's just can Villa sort their defence out? And I'm going to say no, <laughs> but they'll score more than, than Newcastle. Look at this, though. I thought I was being clever going Brentford 2-1 at Palace. You did exactly the same. Yeah. So are you, are you thinking like me that Palace look bad and Brentford will have their tails up? I think this is this is just such a big game for Palace. Like it's it's unbelievable. Like to have like this kind of game, game week two, because mm. the fixture run Palace have got is if they lose this game is, you know, they're going to be bottom by game week six. Yeah, I'd we imagine. can just remind ourselves of that. It's Brentford now in game week two, but it's West Ham away, Spurs at home, Liverpool away, Brighton, which is a derby game at home, which never easy, and then Leicester at home. A pretty a pretty bad <sighs> run of fixtures, right? So Vieira's got it all to do if he loses this, right? He has, and they were so bad against Chelsea. Like, all the things that Vieira promised that he'd deliver, you know, attacking possession-based football and all that, they just they didn't even look like they'd, you know, had a training game He didn't game have together. his players on, though, did he? The players that he signed aren't there yet, aren't yeah. ready. So, to be fair... But are they, are they going to come in and suddenly just completely change things, or are they going to take it up? They're just such a team in transition that I think early on, you've got a back against the teams playing against them. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that, I mean, Vieira's already saying, look, I've got a, he's calling for patience already. I think he's looked at the, he's looked at the fixture ticket, sorted by difficulty and gone, bloody hell, I better call for patience. 
And he's right because it's going to be another De Boer. No, I don't think they'll get rid. I, I think I think Vieira could be a real success there. I I, I like him, and they've just got to they just and and uh, you know the Palace board. I think will keep faith. They did with Hodgson. I think they. I don't think they'll get him out quickly, unless yeah, there's Hod- a player. Hodgson was a you know like they knew they were getting a good manager for him, a manager who's managed at the top level before mm. and, and done things. Vieira hasn't. Vieira's coming into this with no real experience. Yeah. He's got to get the players on his side. If if there's any hint yeah. of the players wanting him out, then that's what will turn it. But I think I think Palace will keep faith. Um, okay. Oh, well, let's talk FBL. Andy's in there donating so as can buy some Lemsip. Yeah, good point, yeah, actually. It's getting progressively worse as the as the show goes on. You're hanging on. Keep going, as uh, <laughs> Leeds Everton. We've gone home win two one to Leeds for you. I've gone one nil. I I know that Seb doesn't fancy Leeds's chances. I was listening to the Scoutcast last night, which was excellent. Mm. Um, and Seb was talking about um, Leeds, and he and if he's not playing, he's not playing Rafina. He's playing Dina over Rafina, and he supports Leeds. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he doesn't fancy Leeds at all and I guess I mean there was, wasn't much to take from that United game for Leeds was there I mean they weren't they didn't really show too much to get you enthusiastic about this game but I still think home crowd they're legit 1-0 I mean you're saying 2-1 yeah that's I'm, I'm thinking the home crowd's gonna gonna take them through I think they're, they're a bit of a deep, different beast and you know it's it's having the home crowd for Leeds there's just a couple of teams in there where you just think home crowd like I think Liverpool I think yeah. Leeds I think it was big for United. It's big for everyone, but there's just certain clubs I think will really benefit from it. Is Phillips back? Are we expecting Phillips? Yeah, I think to be he back will the, come back in the yeah, side. That one, yeah. Yeah, I think I think if Phillips is back in the side, then they're they're a completely different outfit. And yeah, I mean Everton Everton were good, but I think like you, Sam, interested to know how they set up away from home and whether they keep that supply coming to Calvert Lewin. I think you know Bills is going to see that those crosses and be like, okay, if we stop Calvert Lewin, we stop pretty much everything that, that Everton are capable of, of doing. So yeah. he's, he's a clever manager. I think tactically he's, it, it, I mean, tactically though, I mean, it's Benitez and Bielsa. I mean, they're two sort of, you know, world-class tactical managers. So it could be a, could be a really interesting game, this. Yeah. And they're missing Lorente. So that's, you know, that's a, in the centre of defence, there is a weak spot there for now. I think Phillips, if he plays, he's key, because I think he'll probably drop back to help when Everton are in possession with the aerial threat. So Bielsa's got tools there that can deal with it. Um, so I, I think it's a real fascinating game. And I'm not, as pessimistic as Seb is about his own team. Uh, Man City Norwich, I'm optimistic. Even though City were poor, I've gone big. Because I, 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 like you said, yeah. I, I do think that it's too easy to write City off. And if you looked at the XGI over the over the game week, they were third. They, they did create, I think, 14 chances. Um, they weren't clear-cut chances, but they played well enough at, at, at uh, Spurs to suggest they'll have too much for Norwich. You've gone 3-1. You see Norwich scoring. I don't know where you think that goal is going to come from. I've gone 4-0. Where's the, where, how are Norwich going to score at City? Who's going to get that goal? <laughs> I, saw, I saw against Liverpool, they just they had a game plan, right? It, it didn't, didn't really work, but it was it was basically just get the ball over the top and mm. get it to Pukki, get it to, you know, Cantwell running through and, and just keep trying that until it works. And I just think City, if, I mean, if Ake plays again, I don't know if Stones is back in training or, or, or things. I just think they, at the moment, they can get, they can get caught out by by balls like that, and I, they won't as the season progresses. But right now, I think they're going to be a bit. I, I just think you know Norwich are going to be second game of the season. They're going to have some confidence after coming up. They're going to try that ball over the top, and I've just seen City earlier in the season getting caught out by it. So I might be wrong. Maybe it'll just be a routine mm. City win. But I I just think Norwich have, have got a goal in them. But I think City will. I think City will have a little bit too much. You know, I think got, the I think the big changes players. for City will be at the back. I think 
getting Walker, Zinchenko and Stones in, it might not be all three. Cancelo may end up playing left back. I think Walker will come in. I think those those players will make a big difference to City. Not only defensively, but also possession-wise and what they do with the ball and allowing the midfielders to push on. I think Stones and Zinchenko, I mean, Mendy was, Mendy and Aki were poor. Oh, God, Mendy. Really Mendy was just, was was so bad. Like, yeah. really, really was bad. I, I mean, Ake was, was I mean, I've I, I really rated Ake in the past, you know, for Bournemouth. I thought he mm. was like a top centre-back, but he's he's just really not delivering at City. But Men, Mendy was worst player on the pitch by far. Yeah. Even though he got a bonus point, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, I, can t- I can tell you why if you really want to know, but I'm not going to go into it. Uh, Brighton <laughs> versus Watford. Brighton, 2-0. Uh, Optimistic. Uh, not like you for Brighton. I know. I know. Norm- normally, I'm, I'm. And who gets those goals then? Very, very reserved. I just think Watford are going to be a bit too happy. They'll be a bit <laughs> too happy with the, with the opening win. Right. Yeah, I think they'll be a bit too happy. And you know, Brian, we're an established Premier League side now. Feltman will be coming back in. I think Potter's not going to mess around. You know, with weird formations. I think he's just going to play like the strongest team. And it's just going to be all about whether we can uh, deal with deal with Saar. Yeah, and like I said, I I think you know with the three at the back and the, the, we'll have more cover than Villa did. I think we can we can keep him quiet, and if we keep him quiet, then we should win. I'd have liked to have seen Dan Byrne against Saar. That would have been about. Like oh a yeah, half, that would be it? great, wouldn't it? Oh my god, yeah, he'd be red carded after about three minutes. I don't know. Every time I think, I, every time I doubt Dan Byrne, he plays really well. Every time you play City, you go oh Dan Byrne against Sterling, and he always he's good. Well. He's good. Atta- he's good attacking wise. He's better than you'd think mm. attacking wise, but. A suspect defensively oh, for sure. I don't know. I think he does a good shift. Yeah. Uh, I've gone one all in that game. I think Watford will take confidence in. I think I think they'll peg you back. I can see Deeney coming on, getting a dodgy penalty at the end. Um, Southampton United, you've gone big here. This is where you've shown your shoe colours. Um, back in Bruno, no doubt. You've gone four one. I've gone two nil. Mm. So you don't put any stock in the fact that this is Southampton's first home game. You think that it'll be a, a Hassan Hurtle, Hassan Hurtle capitulation. As in, well, my, we're getting caught, cool, but I'm not going to change it, and we're going to get thrashed. My my worry, my worry with Southampton being at home is that the home crowd encourages them too much to attack. Right, and if they do attack, United are just going to absolutely destroy them. But if they sit back, United are just going to absolutely destroy them. So I can't, I just can't see any way in which Southampton don't concede quite a few goals in this match because I don't. I think losing Vestergaard a few days before the season starts means they're going to be, you know, at risk from set pieces from Shaw and Fernandez and Maguire mm, particularly mm. is going to benefit from that. I think, you know, they're, they're going to have to attack to try and get something out of the game and they're just going to get picked up on the counter. I think United is going to boss the midfield completely because, you know, I mean, they've got Wal Prowse in there, but I don't really see a lot of like, you know, kind of tenacious Southampton midfielders. And I think the, the mood at the camp of Southampton is, is going to be quite low. Um Having lost Vestergaard, having lost that game to Everton, in which they were winning, I think I think it's a a, a brilliant game for United. This one, and it, it, and we're talking about it a bit. It's, it's why I've, I've, I'm on Bruno at the moment. Yeah, it's it's funny. So Hampton, they either will bounce back or they get thrashed. And, yeah. and and I've gone in between that. I've gone a two 0 defeat, which maybe I shouldn't have done. Maybe I should have gone a a nil nil or or one nil Southampton or seven nil to United because it does feel like that, doesn't it? Like we've seen him in the past get humiliated and then really turn it around and, and and you can get a performance out of them against big teams as well. They've beaten the City, of course, right? Um, so I, I do think there's a chance, right? So Anton will surprise us because they have in the past. They, they're, just, they're just getting worse. They're, they're a team that just gets worse year on year. Yeah, like with the players they lose. Players, yeah. I know. I mean, they've lost Ings and Vestergaard. 
Yeah. Who are, you know, apart from Ward Prowse, I'd say they're their two out of three most influential and best players. Yeah. And they're both gone. I mean, Armstrong looks a decent yeah. buy, but it's a champion strike. It's a big step up, step up for him. And, you know, they're going into this United game. I mean, it's, it's sooner or later. They're, they're, they're just going to, they're just going to run out and get relegated. Yeah. I, I think there's a real chance it's going to be this year. Oh, uh, I hope not. I like Southampton. I like yeah. Ralph a lot. Uh, Wolves and Spurs, not much joy here. We're predicting few goals. 1-0, you've gone Wolves. Interesting. Interesting. You don't think Spurs will kick on then after the victory? <laughs> well, this, City. This, this, this one's a little bit of a, a little bit of a punt. I was going to give it a, to a Spurs win. And then I thought, well, I like it when a team's playing like their old manager. Because often yeah. the old manager goes back and yeah. you think, oh, if anyone knows how to beat Wolves, it's going to be Nuno. But then Wolves have got like a, a point to prove. They're like, oh, you left us for Spurs. Like, we're going to take the game to Did you. he leave them for Spurs? I mean, did he? Well, he left He left them in the lurch a little bit and then went to Spurs. I guess it's the same thing. Mm. But I mean, he just signed, he signed a new contract in like Chris, at Christmas, didn't he? Mm. Then announced at the end of the season he was leaving. So it was a little bit of a surprise. But yeah, and, and, and the home crowd as well. And yeah, I think Spurs, Spurs were absolutely brilliant against City. But whether they can reach those levels, you know, in matches like this, where you maybe expect them to, to win, uh, the jury's still out. Yeah. Because I mean, they, he, they got the most out of players who I didn't think had it in them. Like Hoiberg was, was in, I mean, Hoiberg's a good player, but he was like a different class. Davidson Sanchez, best performance I've ever seen him do without a doubt against City. Didn't know he had that in him. Like, mm. uh, Tanganga, like yeah, unbelievable, brilliant. absolutely unbelievable. Skip in midfield. I mean, he was, he was brilliant at Norwich last season, but he's now in the Premier League against the champions. Puts in performance like that. Even the likes of Mora, Bergwijn, like they'll get so direct getting the ball. Every single player to a man was was unbelievable. If they can keep that up, they can. Well, I don't think they can challenge for the top four, but they can show they can sort of play anyone. But I do think it's going to be games like this that let them down. And that and that rise to the top four starts with a one nil defeat at Wolves in as well. I've gone one all. I think Son will get something. I, I do think it'd be tight game. I think Wolves Wolves did surprise me game week one, and I think there's more to them than I thought. So it'd be interesting to see if anything comes out fantasy wise. Not much doubt about this one. Arsenal Chelsea. We didn't see anything at uh, at Brentford to suggest that Arsenal had have a chance in this one. Um, Lukaku could debut, of course, and we said how. Tuchel's probably going to look at that Brentford game and think, well, we'll get we'll get our new striker on Ben White and not long balls and so on. They'll have too much for them, won't they? Can't see Arsenal breaching the defence and Chelsea will have too much. I spent quite a long time on this one because originally, originally I put like a comfortable Chelsea win. Mm, and I thought, actually, a lot of time Arsenal step up in these games, especially in the London games, and they get a result which you maybe wouldn't be expecting it to be. So then I put it as nil-nil. And then I thought, do I really trust Arsenal to keep a clean sheet? Not really. So then I had it as like one one and yeah, in, in the end I just thought, oh, I'll just I'll, I'll bat Chelsea to, to win this one. So that's the long story of, of my my decision making on this. I, I don't think it's gonna be a Chelsea hammering. I think Arsenal will improve from Brentford. Like I said, they can't, they can't get any worse. Um and they'll and they'll step it up a little bit, but I just think Chelsea are too solid. I, I just can't see how Arsenal are gonna score. Yeah. Yeah. I've gone that's two nil. You've gone one nil. Then finally Monday night, it's a good game Monday night. Monday night football is back with West Ham versus Leicester. We difference of opinion here. I've Ooh, gone 2-1 West Ham. You've gone Leicester. You really are behind Leicester this season, aren't you? <laughs> they start seasons well. They start seasons well in in their history. And I think I think they've just they've got a really good squad. And I think they've got a good manager and they've got different systems that can that can frustrate. And I think at the moment with, with West Ham's defence. I'm not too sure that was it Dawson and Are you sure about Leicester defence? Amity looked 
a calamity. Well, well, no, I'm not, but they've got Vestergaard now who will probably come in. Yeah, but he's new signing. He's got a set link up against yeah. Antonio. Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not complete. That's why, that's why I said West Ham will score. Oh. But I think in, in the game where two players score, I think Leicester have got a little bit more about them. So I'm backing them a um, narrow win. I'm tipping more Ben Rama joy there. Come on, Benny. <laughs> I think we're both, we've got Barnes and Ben Rama between us. I think we're a bit biased. I think I think West Ham win that. Right, Captain Matrix, before we talk about this week's captaincy, uh, I've moved Fernandez over to Salah now because before I thought it was straightforward, right? Mm. He gets a hat-trick and like I said for the title of the show, three good reasons to consider Bruno, right, for the captaincy. We can't dismiss that. Obviously, it's recency bias, right? You can hear Ross screaming at us now, right, Mr. Raptor. Um, and it is, right? But that performance, he'll go in, he's full of confidence, obviously. Pre-season got the free kick. Now they followed it with a hat-trick. It's a difficult choice all of a sudden, isn't it? And looking forward, Fernandez is probably our captain of choice for game week three at Wolves away. And then game week four, Newcastle at home. Suddenly, Salah's domination on the captaincy for the first six game weeks is eroded. Right? Can I just say that this is what I said about having you, Salah and Fernandez Because yeah, everyone was yeah. saying Salah's going to be captain every week. And I was like, no, because you might find that Fernandez does well and Salah maybe doesn't do so well and then you want to switch him up. But then again, Salah did do really well. So it's, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah, I, I think this is, this, is, this is a really tricky one. It's a really tricky one for me because it's, it's a bit like my head and my heart again at, at Crossroads because I think Salah is, is the safer choice. I think he gets something at Burnley. I'm not saying for a second that I think he's going to blank. I think, I know you've got some stats on Salah. Oh, don't no, not against Burnley. No, I haven't. No? No, but go on. I mean, okay. I know, I know his record against Burnley is bad. I can tell you what it is. Seven matches, one goal, two assists. Yeah, that's the, that's the stat I saw on the notes, right? And I thought, yeah. that's, what, that's, what gonna, that's what you're going to win out. Uh, yeah, I, and yeah. So they there's there's this thing with them. I mean, it's it's the same manager and it's the same system and stuff. And Burnley do seem to have a way of frustrating Salah. But I do think Salah will score. I also think Fernandes will score against Southampton or get something. And I think the potential for United to go absolutely berserk against Southampton is higher. Yeah which is the reason why I'm leaning towards Fernandez because I'm, I don't want to play safe. I know it could hurt. I know Salah could hit a hat-trick and Fernandez could get, but that could happen any week, right? I, you've got to see these kind of opportunities. And yeah, I just think, I just think Southampton are a worse side than, than Burnley at the moment. And I think United have, have just got some swag about them. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, hold that. Let's, let's look at some data. So oh this God. is, this is Salah versus Bruno over the season, right? Very, very close. Um, uh, I think like, in terms of minutes, they played almost identical minutes. 3.079, 3.105. Goals, 20 for Salah, 18 for Fernandez, Five assists for Salah, 13 for Fernandez. He clearly had the edge there. Points, 2.37 to 2.13. Bruno has the edge again, right? Double figure returns. And this is where it's crucial. And this is where I think this is what you're getting at, right? Six for Salah, 12 for Bruno, right? So I do, I do concede that Bruno is likelier to go big. I think mm. Salah's probably the most likely to get get a return, as in Bruno's more likely to blank. But if Bruno does return, it's more likely to be that's, a bigger that is, number. That's exactly, that's exactly it. That's exactly yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, everything else, though, minutes per point, Bruno has the edge 13.1 to 14.5. Then you get into the territory where Salah dominates for XGI, 21.63 versus 17.9 minutes per XGI. Touches in the box, shots, shots in the box. All of that is in, is in Salah's favour. But minutes per shot, 24.4 compared to 25.7. Not a lot in it, right? And then Salah um, loses ground to Bruno on, on creativity. But then we're, let's not forget, Salah is at home, right? 
and Bruno is away. So let's look at the home and away data. And, um, you know, here again, if anything, it gets a bit more in favour of Salah, I would say. Although, again, the stat that I would look at, which is interesting, is Salah only got two double-figure returns in home matches last season. And Bruno came in with seven away from That's home. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Just two. Yeah. So again, that it could, it, could be lack of crowd. And, and this is it, right? We've got we to gotta think that the Anfield crowd, if you're going to name the crowds most likely to influence what we see on the pitch, you would put the Anfield crowd up there yeah, high, wouldn't definitely. you? Yeah, highest, I think. And that's why, you know, Salah, I was quite surprised that Salah's numbers were so good at home because Liverpool, shall we not forget, were pretty dreadful. We thought that was a narrative. Hmm. But we'll look at some team data in a minute, which shows well, actually it wasn't that bad. But Salah here, um, you know, his XG is higher at home than Bruno is as away. Um, XGI non-penalty, 10.6 to 8.2. Um, minutes per XGI non-penalty, 144.7 for Salah, 189.8 for Bruno. Touches in the box, 178 touches in the box in home matches for Salah, 56 for Bruno in away matches. Um, I mean, that's a considerable gap. Mm. Um, you'd expect it because Salah's playing up front and Bruno's more withdrawn. But even so, that that makes me think, you know, look, Bruno, but then against Leeds, Bruno got into the box, right? What we saw against Leeds was a, almost a different flavour of Bruno. But was that for that one game? That's what that's what makes me wonder. But anyway, I mean, overall, this data has me leaning towards Salah, right? Both in terms of overall the season and looking at Salah's home form versus Bruno's wave data. I, I slightly come down side of Salah, but it does reinforce the idea that Bruno's got the bigger score in him if he does return. So when we look at the team data, though, this is when I start, it really does start stacking up against United a bit and, and Bruno a bit. Liverpool's home form, I thought, was poor last season, and it was. They had some shock home defeats. Um, and 29 goals compared to United's away tally of 35. XG low, Liverpool surpassed United. 31.9 at home compared to 29.1 for United away. Shots, 317 shots to 247 United away. And they beat them for open play, for big chances, shots in the box. So that's surprising. I, I thought Liverpool's home form would actually be worse than United's away form last season, data rather than form. Because I thought Liverpool were that bad for a, quite a prolonged spell. But actually, it's still strong. Then, and, United, and United were better away from home than yeah, Old Trafford as well, weren't they? They were, because many teams were. Right? So that, that did surprise me that there was quite a big gap there. It's when you look at Burnley's away defence compared to Southampton's home defence. And I know Southampton looked poor in game one, and I know they've lost Vestergaard, but do we put a load of faith in that one game and that one thing? Do we say, okay, well, Southampton are far weaker defensively than they were last season? Possibly, you could. But after one game, it's a risk, right? What you've got here is data for the season, which shows that actually at home, they weren't that bad. Certainly not as bad as Burnley were away from home. So in terms of XG, 27.2 Burnley away from home, compared to Southampton, 22.4. Shots conceded. Burnley conceded 322 shots away from home compared to Southampton's <laughs> 188. It's a massive difference. So... I mean, you can go further down the list. Double digits allowed, both of them allowed a lot of double digits. Burnley away 16, Southampton at home 15. So we could see big scores here. And I, and I think there's a chance we'll see double figures from both Salah and Bruno again. 
But I look at this data, and particularly the away defence for Burnley, and it has me much more confident in Salah than Bruno. Mm. Because you've got to think as well, Southampton's home defence was good last season, and they're in front of their fans for their first game of the season. That will lift them, right? What do you think, having looked at this data? Yeah, I mean the 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 signs the signs are good for for, for I, I just, yeah it's it's just such a fifty fifty call for me it really is I mean I, I the the stats don't really change my my opinion I think they they just kind of support the fact that I think I think Bruno has the bigger chance of getting a huge haul but I think Salah is the safer pick and it's just how the thing is I own both right so if Salah gets twenty and Fernandez gets ten then it's only ten points lost but. Mm. Is it is it worth it when I'm so not sure about kind of which one to which one to go for? Like, is you know, if, if you offered, I think if we we talked about before, is it, if if you got offered a goal for your captain every week, would you just take it or would you always try and get more? Because you know, if you got six seven points every week from your captain, I think you'd probably end up with quite a decent record rather than chasing kind of the bigger halls. So it's burnt me before chasing these these big halls, but I just see potential in there just just I mean Liverpool Liverpool weren't that good <laughs> against against Norwich like Salah was their finishing wasn't bad that was yeah. what I mean that's what that's what let them down a lot last season yeah they 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 fit they finished chances but I mean they Nor- Norwich were in the game for spells like they yeah. they they had a plan and you know it didn't work, but they looked like they had a little bit of something about them. And, and Liverpool struggled a little bit to create kind of really good chances. Salah was just on one. I mean, Jota played well, but Salah was just on a, on another plane that game. If he'd been, you know, not not as good, I think they might have struggled in that game more. Whereas United were in second gear for the whole game. I always felt that they could have, you know, they could have got even more than they than they got, and they got loads. Mm. I just I just can't see any way in which Southampton have a chance of, of getting something from that game. Whereas I think there is a chance that Burnley could frustrate Liverpool. There, there is a chance, but Burnley, I looked at the data for the game week one and Burnley's defence was almost exactly the same as Southampton's. I think three big chances, 14 shots conceded. But Burnley were at home to Brighton, possibly mm. the most impotent attack you can think of. And Southampton were at Everton, who did look lively in attack and have better players than, than Brighton do up front. So. If I was putting any stock in that defence, I would say Burnley's defence is is still obliging, right? He's still giving up opportunities. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you can't put too much stock in one game, of course. This data is last season, so it's different players, different circumstances. A few comments, interestingly, um, in, in chat. I think it's Maher Sharma saying, well, Burnley have a lot of shots from range. That's why they beat them for shots. But if you look at shots in the box conceded, it's still 202 yeah. versus 122, so that's not a factor. Um, and, and I think Andy Mack was saying, yeah, but you've got to compare data when fans were in the stadium. Well, the narrative last season was the home teams weren't on form. So why is why were Burnley so bad away from home if home teams weren't on form? So that that really doesn't apply. If anything, Burnley's away form should have been better, hmm. given that they're, they're away and playing teams without their home crowd there. I don't know. I mean, all I know is I think... I was planning on going Salah and there's nothing in this data to no. convince me otherwise. If I was going to Bruno, I would be doing it on the basis of what I saw against Leeds and I think that's a little bit dangerous. No, yeah. I don't I, think it's going to be calamitous. Though. No, I, I just I just think sometimes like Salah's going to be so so highly owned this this week and you know, I, I oh, like, to use, EO, I like EO. to use EO where I can. And I mean, I think it is close because I, 
I, I can see why when it's a 50-50 call, you would go with like the safer pick and yeah. try and make up ground elsewhere. But also don't forget the templates are so strong this season, particularly at the moment, that making up that ground elsewhere is difficult because we've all got pretty much the same team anyway. And sometimes you just see something like the United performance and it wasn't just reliant on one player. Like if Salah has an off day, I wonder how many Liverpool can get. Whereas I look at United and I saw every player in that side playing well. And that makes me think that the potential for a massacre is higher in that game. And I want to get the, I want to captain the player who's at the heart of it all. That's it. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't, obviously Salah's not a bad pick. I'd be amazed if Salah came away without a goal or, or two. But I, I think Bruno could well hit High, high double digits again. But if you remember at the top of the show, he'd only scored one goal from open play before. Yeah. In 13. And he only scored more than one goal in a game three times in 51 appearances. So you, do you not think that you're going, oh, you think now Bruno's suddenly a, a guy who hauls every game because of the hat? Do you it's not, it's not, it's not, it's, but, but, it's, but it's not just Bruno. It, it's the team. It's right. United having strengthened so much in the attacking areas. And it's Southampton. Yeah, and and you know if it wasn't Southampton, if it was like a I don't know if it was like, I don't know some, you know someone else, anyone, I might else, be a bit more, anyone else, but yeah. I just think at the moment Southampton are there. Southampton are there to be taken. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, let's let's do so, the, the yeah, chips we'll experiment again. You have got ten chips. You're going to split them amongst the players for the captaincy. I'll go first. I'm going to go six on Salah, four on Bruno. I think I'm not going to put one. on... Actually, no. I'll put I'll put five on Salah. Four on Bruno and I'll stick one on De Bruyne for Norwich. Why not? One on, no, let's go Mares. One on Mares. There we go. <laughs> Five on Salah, four on Bruno and one on Mares. Where are you going with your 10 chips? I'll, I'll go six on four, six on Fernandes and four on Salah. Right. And that is why you're doing it, right? And we talked about, you know, when it is close, when it is a split, when we're looking at this and going, I'll put an even number of chips almost, that is when you want to think about going different to the effective ownership because there's a chance, there's an opportunity, right? That's what you're getting at. Yeah, and and at a time when there aren't too many opportunities, because all our teams are the same. True, and it and it might backfire. It might, it might put me down a bit, but you know, I've recovered from worse starts. So I don't think it will. I think they're both going to come out with something. I think I it think might be will. it might be a goal for Salah and, and an assist and a bonus for Bruno. Yeah, all right, but it'll be pretty even, I think. But I'm still sticking with Salah. Right, let's look at your team. Uh, it's unchanged, isn't it? You're not making any. Are you changing the bench order or anything? No. Sufal out, right? Uh, yeah, that, that, that is the one change. Yeah, I've, t- I've taken Sufal out and put Veltman in, uh, basically just based on my predictions. I think I think Brighton will, will keep a clean sheet in that. And yeah, I think Sufal will, will probably concede. And I've got Barnes as well, so I want to avoid the clash. And we've talked a, a bit about that before, about wanting to avoid these clashes, especially kind of early on. So this is the team that gives me the biggest kind of like potential for points if Brighton get the clean sheet and Barnes scores. Uh, so yeah, just, just, just going to go with that. No, nothing... Nothing too major report. I mean, obviously expecting things from Grealish. If he doesn't perform against Norwich, mm. he might be on the on the chopping block quite quite early on. Uh, Ings has got to kind of perform in the next two. He's going to be someone I might look to get rid of. Uh, I want to do White to Tierney at some point. So there's a few things have kind of got, um, coming. But have you got? I mean, I've got my transfers almost not booked in. I don't want to be criticised for that, but it's going to be Mares and Torres go for me in game week three because I don't want to be part of this anxiety on the rotation. Have you got similar transfers in mind, nope. or is it still up in the air? Up in the air, right? Okay. Absolutely no idea. Um, you know, I, you know, I don't want to put pressure on my boys, but they're all playing for a for a place in, in my side going forward. And you know, Barnes is going to obviously have that Norwich game in the three. But if he if he blanks in this game and doesn't get a huge return against Norwich, he could be the one that goes. Grealish mm. is going to have to perform. You know, there's some players who who I'm looking at already 
and I'm thinking you need to need to get something from you lads. So yeah, nothing nothing booked in yet. Yeah, I was gonna say you got you got players on the brink, haven't you? After if they blank again, in Greedish Barnes are all wavering on the tightrope, aren't they? For you, so yeah, and even and even the likes of White, Soufal, Veltman, like yeah. There's, yeah, there's there's changes that can definitely. There's be no end of players you could get rid of. Never a good oh. sign, is it? Really? No, yeah. no. <laughs> so, after game week one. So just to go for your team, it's Sanchez, Alexander Arnold, Veltman, Simicas, Salah. Bruno, Grealish, Barnes, Ings, Antonio, Tony is the lineup. Um, it's horrible because I look at the team this week and I think, ah, oh, I, look, I look really strong. What can possibly go wrong? Mm. Yeah, probably everything. Well, my team <laughs> would look really strong if Torres and Mares were certain to start. Yeah. I would be sitting pretty. 100 points game week one with Torres and Mares in going against Norwich. I'd be laughing. But as it is, I've got to keep them because they might figure, but it's probably likely they're not going to or going to get maybe 20 minutes each or one might start. So I'm not actually very optimistic about my game week. Interesting. I'm, I'm going Sanchez, Trent, Simicast, Shaw, of course, like everybody else. And then it's Torres, <laughs> Bruno, Mares, Salah captain, Benrahma, Tony and Antonio. For me to have a good week, Benny's got to come up again and Tony's got to do something, which could happen. But I think I could have a disaster, not a disastrous week. It depends how Greenwood does, right? Greenwood is the one who could probably destroy me. Mm. If Greenwood and Son play up again and there's every chance they will and Maras and Torres don't turn up I'm I'm Red Arrow all the way I think but that's the way it is Shaw I have to say Shaw doesn't worry me this week quite right. a lot <laughs> if he's on set pieces to a Vesta guardless Southampton then yeah it's a bit of a concern and they've got Eric Rams he's a new set piece coach and Maguire going up oh, anyway, we'll oh really I haven't heard anything about him no I haven't rolled it out every chance about it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, if you do go without Luke Shaw, what do you expect? We're going to remind you about it. Um, yeah, fair enough. So, well, I've, I've asked you again. Do you think I'll ask you again? I mean, I know Luke. Luke wants me to see to do well with these two because he loves a risk. Do you think I'm silly keeping Torres and Mares? I mean, I could go Torres to Greenwood. I've got, <laughs> you can't I've, sell them. I've got you, can, you five in the bank. Torres to Greenwood is an easy move. No, no, you don't think I can? I don't. I, I don't think you can sell C players before Norwich. Because you'll you'll just you'll just kick yourself if City turn up and win that game five nil and Torres is playing false nine. Yeah, no, it's not. It's just honestly, it's just not worth. It. Just ride it out for another week. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't make a transfer. I think that's what I've got to do. I'm not. I mean, I will use the turning point tool to set up a team with Greenwood in just to torture myself. Right? <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I can do it. So I'm going. I'm going to sit tight. Right, the apprentice teams, as you yeah. mentioned, Natalie first, ninety five points. Level with you. I mean, you've got to be you've got to be delighted with that with that first return. Um, you know, I mean, she didn't have any direct coaching from you. She just put this team together with the tools that you showed her, scout members area and the ticker and so on. Um, obviously, she's been on Twitter as well. Do you spot anything in there that we, which is Twitter influence? She got the same point as me, with eight out of eleven players different to me. Yeah. So maybe the right. template. You know, Bruno yeah, and Sano exactly. there, though, right? I'm I'm really really pleased with her because I mean Gross was someone who she you know backed you know right from the start looked at his underlying stats and he got the assist Wilson scored you know Calvert-Lewin these are these are good players who yeah. she identified that no one's really considering so yeah I'm I'm really pleased really pleased with her stuff. All the I look at the team I think it's good I think it's a good team yeah so it's Martinez Cancelo Aylin and Trent Bruno Rafinha Salah and Gross. Adams, Calvert-Lewin and Wilson. Look how many players returned. She only had two players or no, three no. players who didn't return. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a, great, right? She, Ad, Adams is the only one there that I'm a bit like, oh, please get rid of him at some well, point. But other than him, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. 
I, I tell you what, and, and Henry came in with this. He came in with 97. These two, these two are going to think it's easy, aren't they? They must be sitting home going, what's all the fuss about? I can't believe Henry came with a 97. His team was awful the first the first one he submitted. Well, I had that YouTube session where oh, yeah, I cheated. You, you, yeah, you gave him a load of coaching, didn't you? So <laughs> I no, did one, no, wonder, no wonder he's turned I it around. I did not. Just in case you're wondering what we're talking about, we've got two... Um, two new FBL players. Um, as has got Natalie, I've got Henry. Um, they're two very different people. Um, one, uh, Henry has some background in football, um, has played football manager a lot. So he's got some football knowledge. Natalie um, hasn't got that football knowledge, but her partner does play FBL. So there's a bit leaking through there. But Natalie has been fast tracked on all the tools and Henry has had no help whatsoever from that. Although I have cheated a bit. And I did tell him that Dallas played in defence last season. And I regret that. And I think there should be some kind of punishment. So maybe you can give Natalie one direct piece of advice to compensate for that. I'm not giving her any advice. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said to her, yeah, I Natalie. You, you would say, yes, I will. And then that, ha ha, that's going to... You need to sell <laughs> Che Adams, Nat. He's, he's yeah, rubbish. And then he gets the hat trick. trick. Let's yeah. go, yeah. No, no, no chance. No right. chance. But I mean, we've got to talk to them <laughs> before the weekend because presumably they're thinking about their transfers now. Henry's team, 97, Sanchez, Trent, Simicast, White, Rafina, Salah, Bruno, Son, Antonio, Puki, and Tony. Um, he had Alien on the bench. So I wonder what Henry's thinking about. I'm going to get in touch with him after the show and talk about what he's doing this week, what he thinks. I can't give him any guidance on the transfer, of course. What are you going to do with Natalie in terms of guidance? Are you going to point her any new tools in particular or Twitter? What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm, I'll just have a bit of a check-in with her, I think, and just see... You know what she's looking at. If she's been looking at any game week one stats, if there's any players that she's been considering, any transfers lined up. But I'm mostly just going to let her get on with it because it's a good start. I don't want to, don't want to influence her to be no. honest. No, absolutely. And, and we'll check and we'll do another video with them in a couple of weeks um, to see how they're doing. I mean, at the moment, Henry's beating ass, but I won't dwell on that. <laughs> um, let's just look at that because this is the Black Box League. So let's first of all look at the Apprentice League down the bottom there. There I am, top by three points ahead of Henry. Natalie in third on 95, as on 95 as well. So jointly, it's 197 versus uh, 190. So um, we're seven points ahead uh, at the moment. But we'll see how that goes on as the season goes on. Black Box League, do you want to read out the, the leaders there as in the Black Box League? I do. We've got Ryan Quinn leading the way, 130 points. Vincent Rayner just off with 129. Uh, Austin NEG with 128. They're the top three. Uh, but we've got likes of Callan Fortune, Ben, Michael, two Michaels, uh, Ivo, Frederick, people sort of, you know, who are wanting to get ahead. But if you haven't joined the league yet, there's obviously still a chance to do so. The code is VJNG38 and get try and get us league. into the top five of, black, of, the, of the overall leagues. We are paying more attention to the Black Box League. We're in negotiations to get a trophy together and some we goodies are. for the winner. And as he's going to buy dinner for the winner, of course, no matter where you live. <laughs> it's your turn this year. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, so uh, what is left to consider before we go? I think I think that's more or less about it, other than the, the, the smash and likes thing, situation, which we didn't do last week. No, we didn't. We have gone up to, let me just check, 16.8k subscribers um i bought a suit for the wedding um because i tried my old suit on and lo and behold after lockdown i had a little bit of trouble getting into the old suit um so i had to buy a new suit and as i bought the suit i thought this is a bit of a waste of money because i only use it really for weddings and funerals and apart from my own wedding which is left to go there's not much and i'm probably gonna have to buy another new suit for that you know a hundred quid suit from next no 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 not married no for some reason as the years have gone on 
Something's got in the way and we haven't got married. Nothing to do with me living down a shed talking about football most of the time. <laughs> um, no, so I've got this suit. And as I bought this suit, uh, it wasn't a big investment. I thought to myself, well, I can always wear it for the 20K subscribers. And that's the point, right? We're going to be in suits for the 20K subscribers. So the sooner that happens... Stick some sooner, RGBs on it. Yeah, I'll have them all over it. <laughs> um, and so we hope to be wearing our suits, you know, in a few months' time, hopefully. But sub to the channel and do us a favour with that and and hit the likes, right, As? Well, well said, Mark. Normally it's me that takes the, the likes and subs, but I think you've done a great job. Yeah, if you haven't subscribed to the channel already, why not? You might as well do it now. Uh, and yeah, make sure you like the video as well. How many are watching? 1,714. Amazing. Brilliant. Brilliant turnout. So yeah. Thank, and again, thanks everyone for all the, all the nice things you said about Black Box at, at first. They really, they really did mean a lot. I was overwhelmed. At the end, I, I, I was like tearing up and you were too drunk to even really register <laughs> at that point. Oh, I'm suffering now. I mean, this cold is awful. It, yeah. has, it has genuinely got worse throughout the, the pod as well. I don't understand. It's not like you've been burning the candle at both ends and getting really drunk or anything. That's, you know... Unbelievable. Delia, send more cookies to cheer him up. Uh, Delia's cookies were a big surprise. Uh, Big shout out to her for that. (laughs) I mean, she's in the chat. I saw her tonight. We are not doing a QA and a this week, are we? Because I've got to get up early for the official pod. And look at us. You don't need a reason why (laughs) we're not doing a QA and a tonight. Oh, dear. But we will be back next week and we will endeavour to do a QA and a live with you then. Um, But for now, it's, uh, it's a good night for me. Good night, everyone. Thanks for watching. Podcast Network.